I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouth, people. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. CJ here with a quick disclaimer before we get into the episode. Just want to let you guys know, sometimes we record these episodes a few weeks ahead of when we release them. And in this particular episode, we actually discussed someone else directing James Gunn's script. Now, we all are aware now that James Gunn has been brought back to Guardians 3 and will be directing it himself. So for those of you listening that seem confused, just be aware that this is recorded before that announcement. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Potaskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Rico. What's up, man? What's up, dude? I'm still fucking tired from the Oscars. <laughs> you you big-ass baby. Oh, whatever. Um, You're, although you are less of a baby than fucking uh, Spike Lee. There you go. Yeah. So, speaking of the Oscars, though, we do have one of our guests from that episode back with us for a full episode stint. So, Chris from the Faces and Aces podcast is with us. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. How you guys doing? We're good. We're good. First, thank you for being on the Oscars episode. That did go out today, so you can check that out. Oh, um, awesome. Awesome. By the way, with the Oscars, man, I don't get it. Like, how do they get rid of a host and still run past three hours well you know what though i think the year before it was four plus hours so i think they did end up shaving time off wow but still like that should be a three hour two and a half hour show max well well they probably filled it up with all the musical stuff as well and commercials yeah they got to get the commercials, commercials in, for sure yeah yeah so i mean i also they expanded it to to what eight maximum 10 best picture nominees so that yeah. takes up a little bit more time but still man if you get rid of a host you figure that would shave a good hour off the show but anyway well dude speaking of length <laughs> the our episode is four hours 52 minutes and 20 some odd seconds it's not about the length it's about the girth that's is the girthy <laughs> Yes, it is. It's it is girthy. Great. All right, that's for it, sure. It was the most fucking male-dominated orgy girth I've ever had, where we <laughs> had like four separate fucking people come on. Yeah, so it was yeah. just it was the fucking dicks everywhere. You you joined us and you were fantastic, but you got off the episode to go back to watch with your wife, and and for a brief moment, Rico and I were both like, okay, well, if that's the only guest we have, that was awesome, but this is gonna suck. <laughs> and we ended up having now it's going downhill. And right, and then we ended up having three other people jump on, including Maddie Granger. Which we didn't uh, awesome. oh, expect sweet. coming. So yeah, he jumped on and talked about Brian Singer of all things. So wow. yeah, 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 because he's friends with Brian. So 
it wow. was really cool to hear his perspective on the whole thing. But we, we definitely didn't plan or see that coming. I mean, we asked Maddie to come on, but not for that reason. And then, but well, go ahead, Rico. The other, the other funny thing is that we, we've avoided talking about Brian Singer because we are friends with Maddie Granger yes. and we know he's friends with Brian Singer. Yes. And he was just like, what do you guys, how do you guys, because he was drunk. Like, yes, he like, was. Guys, <laughs> how do you guys feel about Rami Malik not thanking Brian Singer? Like, my boy Brian. We're like, I mean, we don't really want to discuss Brian Singer with you. He's like, nah, man, come on, let's do this. Let's talk. Let's fucking be honest. I'm like, no. Yeah, because, and, and we did. Know, like, we, it was so, I mean, I can only speak for, for myself, but I was uncomfortable for like the first two minutes because we're really trying to phrase this as carefully as possible. Plus, yeah, he's right. drunk. Right. Plus he's a friend. Plus he's someone I look up to. Like he, I look at him as a sort of like, you know, a, a hero that I can relate to. Like you know, he's not like an actor that I will never meet. Like this is the closest I'll get to be yeah. like, oh, I know someone. I know someone in the industry who likes my opinion. It's a weird like starstruck kind of thing. Yeah. And th- and for him to like, nah, man, fucking let's let's talk about Brian Singer. I'm like, look, dude, it's. Where there's smoke, there's fire, and when there's like allegations, there's Brian Singer, and we feel bad <laughs> about yeah. that, and we want to be respectful, and and then we we sent him a clip of of his of his portion because we just wanted to make sure that like he was cool with what he was saying and, because he's got a different he's got a career so right. and because he'd been drinking, we wanted to make sure that he you know, had a chance to listen to it again with some, you know, clear eyes. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but you know what I'm saying. And then, yeah. And go back over and he went, look, no, I get it. And he was, he gave us a thumbs up. So it's, it's in there and it's out. So go check that out. You, when you've got five hours to kill. Yeah. <laughs> the other person on the show was also really drunk. We didn't even ask him. We just pushed that out because, like, okay. Yeah. Other, we, had, we had the other guests, so the guy who did um, the uh, end music, Sam Lemons, and he was oh, even he was more hammered, hammered than yeah. Matty Granger. Like, he he would win the, an Oscar for the best drunk. I, and, and <laughs> let's let's be fair to Matty. Like, I think he had, had some drinks, and he was probably bordering drunk, but he wasn't hammered. Like, Matty wasn't. No, was like, yeah, he was... Of his faculties, he was clear, you know, but, you know, because when I messaged him, he was like, oh, what did my drunk ass say? So he does acknowledge that he had been drinking. But anyway, this isn't I didn't know that was a requirement for the show. Should I go pour myself some whiskey? Oh, no. Well, well, you can, but that's not a requirement. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to, by all means. But now now you've posed posed something that it generates a question and then that is what is your whiskey because if you make the wrong choice we have to end this interview now so oh shoot i got a few i mean uh, depends no that's fair i'm just fucking with you what what are you going with seriously i mean because you know how like girls will have you know their sexy panties their granny panties their period panties like how it kind of works the same way with me with bourbon (laughs) right 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 (laughs) okay so so what are your what are your bourbons and whiskeys whatever yeah, which uh, song are you sipping on right now? <laughs> okay, let, <laughs> let me put it this way. The other night when I, I watched the documentary on Netflix called uh, The American Meme. What's that and one? And I needed it, – it, it's a messed up documentary about uh, people like influencers. Okay. And it just it, – it'll, it'll just blow your mind if you watch it. It came out last year and I it just – I needed like a comfort drink and I went to the, Oishi, the Japanese whiskey. I went with Oishi. Ooh. 
Okay. And it's kind of like a smooth, mellow uh, whiskey. My daily, probably, if I were to go with the daily, I'd probably pick either Angel's Envy or if I've like had a hard day and I just kind of want to do, treat myself a little bit, I'll, I'll go with, uh, uh, God, what is it? What have I got down there? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. No, no worries. Because yeah. you had too much bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I flipped it. Like, bourbon, uh, Bullet is a good one. That's a oh, nice good. daily. Uh, I, I'm Angel's Envy is a nice one. I gotta, a, I gotta say, Chris. I have enjoyed Bullet. I gotta say, Chris, I'm impressed because, like, I was waiting for you to pull some bullshit out. You're, you're going with the, the higher end things, hey, you know. So I, I'm sorry, I, because I've, I've talked to people who think they're whiskey people and they're like, yeah, Jack Daniels, man. I'm like, go the fuck away, <laughs> like. Oh, oh over like there. Jack Daniels, honey. Yeah, like you, but you don't count. So <laughs> um, I've had some good Yoda, uh, good Yo- whiskey Yodas in my life to guide me in the right direction. So okay, well there you see. I need that. I've kind of stumbled onto my own, and I'm I've become a fan of the Canadians. I like the Canadian oh, nice. blends. Yeah, that's me. But um, anyway, that that aside, um, let's get. I know we talked a little bit this on the Oscar one, but since this is a proper episode, I'd like to. Give you a little bit of more love here about your doing. So you're our first guest who's actually a proper podcaster, which is going to be nice. Not to say anything negative about our other guests, but you you dabble in this world as much as we do, so that's helpful. Why don't you tell some people about your show? Well, I host a podcast called Faces and Aces Las Vegas, and uh, I ask people to come on the show and share their wild, crazy, silly, stupid Vegas stories. And uh, I will take some element from that story and try to dig into it a little bit deep, a little bit deeper by heading out to Vegas and pairing their story with some kind of interview. So I had someone who come on the show and talk about how uh, they once went to a strip club and blew like 20 grand. And so then I paired that story with an interview with uh, someone who actually works in a strip club. Okay. A stripper. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Who blew 20 guys. <laughs> in a row. Um, so what? That's and, what I thought. I was like, there was that pause, like someone who went to a strip club and blew twenty grand. I'm like, oh, okay. You, you All right, did. I was ready for a whole other story. <laughs> you, whether you did it on purpose or not, Chris, you did pause at that moment. It did, I was waiting for the same thing. So I was trying to remember how much he blew, and I don't think it was twenty. It might have been closer to ten, but it was rid- a ridiculous, ridiculous amount, of amount of money to money. blow in a strip yeah. club. But it's very easy to do in Vegas. Oh yeah, 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 no doubt. Um, and then I'll go to Vegas. Yeah, well, that and you can't afford it. But um, <laughs> in any event, um, and then we connected, Chris. I honestly don't even remember how your post got into my timeline because I don't think I was following the show yet when I responded to your post. I think it was through Body Count. Was it through body count? Okay. Yeah, at that time I was chatting with uh, Jessica and Bethany and uh, body count, and I think that may have popped in your timeline that way. And then you reached out to me and said that, hey, I got a connection to Vegas, and I talked to you about your fascinating story, which it, I, I tell you, this might be the most difficult pairing. <laughs> and I'm trying not specifically not to share what happened on your story, but I, I'm trying to look for a very interesting pairing to pair with your story. So it might take me a little bit of time before your, your story airs, but I am acting working on it no i i'm aware of that no worries and then our audience is is vaguely familiar with my connection to vegas we have discussed that before so that's uh, it's not a complete new new news you know what i mean but i yeah. understand you want to hold it for your uh 
for your episode. So, but yeah, it it was a weird confluence of evidence of, of of circumstances that brought us together to have that conversation. But I'm glad because I feel like we've connected in a in a good way that way. So, yeah, we became we became friends over Kevin Smith. Right, well, and that's how Rico and I got together. So it seems to be Kevin's a matchmaker. Um, yeah. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so well, I guess... There's a pause for singing. You know I'll do it. Yeah, yeah of course. That and impressions. Um, so we um, we don't have a set thing for today, which is kind of what I wanted to do. We haven't done a free-flowing you know, news of the day type of thing. But I guess one other thing I would ask you, Chris, since you were on the Oscars episode, is what were your thoughts now that it's over? Now that you got to watch the whole thing, I know you gave us your thoughts on the first, I guess, what, 40, 45 minutes you were with it? I don't remember how long you were with us, but... Yeah, about that. And, uh, I mean, overall, I think everything fell pretty much the way that we all thought it would. I think the surprises in the show for me were Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, winning sound mixing, sound editing. Usually those awards will go to some sci-fi, you know, some sci-fi movie that has a lot of, you know, pew pew in it. Um, <laughs> you know, cause those, those sound effects are hard to come by. Pew pew. It was so, literally a fucking movie about Queen where they just put Queen songs in and that somehow won an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> someone I, someone on Twitter was like, of course they won for best editing. Did you see how much they had to cut the hell out of that movie to make it coherent? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, so, I figured out what we're going to talk about, CJ. I was thinking more about the, uh, the award ceremony itself, but thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, if, if I could drop in, I want I want Chris's opinion. Do you think fucking Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are fucking? Because they were definitely fucking on that stage. Oh, sh- <laughs> I think I got pregnant from watching that performance. I mean, that was pretty. I mean, I think they're fantastic actors. I think there's no way in hell that uh, what is it? Bradley Cooper's girlfriend would let him uh, cheat. That would have been no. I, I guarantee the best acting of that performance was when Bradley Cooper went home and explained to his girlfriend or his wife that he was not fucking Lady Gaga. That is the best acting performance. <laughs> I, I don't know. Academy award. Like after the award ceremony, I, I they don't snuck know. up to him, handed it to him. Here you go, Bradley dude. Here you go. You <laughs> heard it tonight. It was a little I mean, raccoon. You, you, oh God. <laughs> I mean, well, you remember, uh, Never mind. I'm not going to throw Maddie under a bus, but Maddie said something interesting about uh, Lady Gaga's acting skills in the uh, episode. So when you get a chance, check that out. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, well, okay. Well, again, thank you for joining us on that, but let's, um, let's go forward on the, um, what's going on. So God, what do we start with? Um, I, how awful Bohemian Rhapsody was. Let's, let's talk uh, about that. You really want to talk about this? No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just standing on your balls. Yeah, you are with fucking high heel shoes and shit. <laughs> so, um, no, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Um, first thing I wanted to talk about is very rarely does a movie sequel outshine the original. We cannot, we're all movie guys. So real, real quick, I want to give a little more background on Chris. I'm sorry. And please, Chris, fill in the gaps here. I'm not trying to tell your story for you, but while you do this thing about, you know, Vegas and pairing, but you're also very much a movie and Kevin Smith fan like we are. And that's why you and I became friends, really, even though we connected over this Vegas thing. Right. I mean, am I fair in saying that? Or am I missing something? 
Oh, totally. Love movies, love Kevin Smith stuff. Like big old, I'm a big old nerd at heart. So if I were ever to start a third podcast, it would definitely be something nerd related. Okay. Oh, and by the way, I am. I know. I know you don't tend to keep your camera on, but I am wearing my Golden Knights shirt. I thought that was I appropriate. Yeah. So. Yep. Um. In any event. So, but rarely does. Ooh, R two T two with made out of what the fuck is that? It's a Star Wars T shirt. No, I'm trying to figure. Of- oh, I see. It's a bunch of other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little foggy yeah. on my screen. Um. Yeah. But I'll give so, her the D two. So, um, <laughs> now that we've established that we're all movie people, um, again, as I was starting to say, it's rare that the sequel outshines the, the original. Do we all agree? It's, it depends on the genre, I would say. Like, but yeah, I would say that it, it, it's not common. It does happen. There are the obvious picks. Yeah, and you know, I yeah. mean the the I, biggest I, one for me being, and and I know this is going to surprise you guys, but this I think fits more to the point I'm trying to make is T two versus the original Terminator, because I think it's like fifty fifty. I think uh, really, if it's a, if it's a sequel worth making, then typically you know the sequel will be better than the original. And I'm like just off the top of my head, I'm thinking Toy Story two, Terminator two, Aliens, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I enjoyed that one more than the other, but I mean, for that matter, Thor three was better than the original Thor. Oh God, um, don't I get mean, Rico started on Ragnarok because he fucking hated that movie. I don't, oh, I, I, oh, no, 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 no. I did not hate the movie. I just felt like it was a complete fucking departure from the other Thor movies. It feels it doesn't fit with its own trilogy. It is Thor, Thor, the Dark World, and they're more kind of Norse sort of mythology, Shakespearean epic movies. And then yep. you get Gardens of the Galaxy starring Thor. That's how I look at it. Yep. Yep. But in, t- in terms of entertainment, I enjoy the most entertaining. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think it's 50, 50 roughly, but I think okay. I mean, general rule of thumb, you could probably say that a sequel kind of is, is the beginning of a series to wear out, wear out its welcome. Sometimes because, it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Iron Man, Iron Man 2. Right. I like Iron Man 2. But is it better than Iron Man 1? It is not no. about whether you like it. It's about, is it better? Okay, yeah, no, Cap that's 2 fair. was better than Cap 1. I'll go with that. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll go with that part too. Two. What's that? Yeah. The Godfather Part 2. I mean, well, that's, that's... Yeah, that... And I knew that's where you were going to go, Rico, and I'm not saying that in a negative way, but I that that I feel like is such... A cop-out argument? It's not even a cop-out. I wasn't going to go there, but I I think it's such a... They're both such epics. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, to me, and and you guys please argue against me if you think I'm wrong, but I think T2 is is not just better, but it's leaps and bounds. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. 
where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud. Sounds better than Terminator. Oh, for sure. It's much better. I mean, where, it's also just the genre. Right, but comparatively, just to your argument real quick, I don't think Godfather Part 2 is leaps and bounds better than The Godfather. Is it probably better? Yeah. I actually prefer The Godfather over Part 2, but that's my personal thing, and that's not to say that you're wrong. But it's 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 easier to make an argument either way with The Godfather. With Terminator, I feel like it's just leaps and bounds better. T2 is the movie. Do you know what I mean? I think it depends on the viewer because, for example, T1 and T2 are different genres. I would argue that Terminator 1 is a science fiction horror film, whereas okay. T2 is a science fiction action film. Good Just point. like Alien, Alien is a suspenseful science fiction horror film, whereas Aliens is a fucking science fiction action film. I mean, it also depends on the director. Same with Star Wars. Star Wars A New Hope is an epic of uh, proportions, whereas Empire is a fucking dark epic of proportions. Sure. I mean, it is nuts how... And and you can go with... with other, I mean, Godfather, I happen to agree with you, CG, that I personally like Godfather 1 over Godfather 2, but I think Godfather 2 is the better movie because it's filmed better. It, it, it's just it's better acting, it's better better cinematography, the structure is really really improved, but for just a really interesting story, Godfather wins over Godfather 2. Yeah. That's my opinion. Chris? And I despise Brando. So and I'm but I love Godfather One. Hey, I mean I think I think we could all agree that uh Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo was way better than Breaking <laughs> One. I love it. Right? I love right? it. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement and then Garfield the Tale of Two Kitties was better than Garfield. I mean, so I mean yeah. For what it's worth. For what it's worth. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I and Chris, thank you for bringing it back around like that because honestly my point for bringing all this up is that I have now watched a couple of times Ralph Breaks the Internet, and I think it's substantially better than Wreck-It Ralph. And I like Wreck-It Ralph, but I think oh, cool. Ralph Breaks the Internet is a much better movie. Dude, I saw it three times yesterday at work. Dude, wow. Okay. Like, well, because at work, we play a movie, and I just feel like changing the movie, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll put on. It also is good advertised with the fact, oh, we have Ralph Breaks the Internet. Right. But it also is just such a fucking great movie because... Did you see it, Chris? No, but you guys just turned me around on it. Oh, it's it's really good. And I, I mean without I, without spoiling it, it is one of the rare Disney movies and anime movies that doesn't have your stereotypical villain, yes. which I really loved. The villain is all about your inner demons. It's all about your insecure literally insecurities. And I thought it was a nice twist on it. Plus, I know I'm a straight male. But I want a fucking spinoff of the princesses because that was the best fucking part of the whole guy. I mean, the movie was great, but I want a whole movie of just all the Disney princesses from all over the fucking Disney years making their own fucking crazy movie. Yeah. And Chris, not not to spoil the movie for you too much, but there is a gigantic scene with literally all the princesses and they basically accept Vanellope as one of the Disney's princesses. 
So right, I saw that part. I mean, okay, it, it was that. part of the promotional package. So I've seen okay. that, you know, clips of that scene. Um, but I, the movie to me just seemed like a lot of noise. Whereas like Pixar movies, I love to death because, you know, the story is always going to be solid. And I was never a big fan of the DreamWorks animated movies because they include too much parody to bolster their scripts. And so this one looked a little bit the same, like looked like a whole bunch of internet jokes, which I've seen a lot of already. And the the original Wreck-It Ralph I enjoyed, but it felt like it relied a little too heavily on nostalgia and classic video games. I that I mean I love Pixar movies just because they're fresh, they're original, and they you don't know where the script is going. I feel like with the the Wreck-It Ralph two, uh, Ralph breaks the internet. I I just felt like it seemed like a lot of noise, and the jokes were pretty much just internet jokes. So I avoided it. But if you both of you li- liked it, I'm in. I'll check it out. It, it, it look it, it is that, but it's more. I mean, right? Okay, that's that's what I was about to say. It does rely on some of those jokes, but there really is a story at the heart of it as well. If that makes okay. sense, so it, you know, um, I'll I'll tell you one of the jokes. It's not a funny one. It's not like a gonna spoil anything for you, but like at one point they travel past Twitter and it's a bunch of birds in the trees that look like the Twitter bird and they make these tweeting noises. But then you get like a balloon, like a like a comic balloon, and it's different tweets, and that's how it represents what Twitter is. Okay, all right. So, you know, the only thing that is fictionalized about that movie is because it's all about the internet. Is there is no porn or spam of, like, you want to get your dick bigger, and right. there's just no porn. Because, like, if this was not a Disney family, it would just be fucking dicks and vaginas everywhere. Yeah, if this <laughs> yeah, if this was Johnny Mnemonic, there'd be a gigantic porn hub. But, you know, they... Yeah. Didn't do that, um, but no, it's 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 really well done, and I was and I'm surprised how much I actually prefer that one over Ralph Race or over Wreck It Ralph because I'm a big gamer, like I I'm a huge gamer. Like R- Rico plays, but he'll admit that I my gaming trumps his, you know. And, oh, for sure. And so, for me to actually prefer the second one over would surprise. I'm sur- think surprises you a bit, doesn't it, Rico? Not really, because Steph and I, when we saw it, we told you that we thought it was better. You and did. I even said to you, I said, it, it doesn't matter if you like the first one, you will like the second one more. It doesn't matter if you're a gamer, it doesn't matter if you love the internet more, you'll just like. It's just a better story. It's just a yeah. better, it's just a better storyline. And I mean, look, you know, you know me, dude, I, I will watch anything with John C. Riley, and I'll love anything with John C. Riley. And oh, the fact, man. yeah. I mean, John C. Riley is, even when he is being tender in the movie, you can't help but like think, God damn, this guy's a fucking amazing actor. I really want to see Stan and Ollie. Where Me he plays too. Him. That's, that's definitely on my radar. I really want to see that. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about that movie. I'm not even aware of that. So what, what are we talking about? It's, it's a biopic about Laurel and Hardy, and Steve oh, Coogan plays Stan Laurel, and, we, uh, and John C. Reilly plays Oliver Hardy. You're right. We did talk about this. I just forgot what it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We briefly talked about it a while yeah. back. Yeah. And it, what really attracts me to that movie is I uh, listened to John C. Riley be interviewed, and they focus specifically on the the last few years of the partnership, of that business partnership, because, you know, any comedy duo, it is basically a business partnership. And, right. you know, they had done the movies, they had already peaked past their point of the highest fame, and they were on the downhill, just basically doing small tours around the country in small comedy clubs. And that's the story that they chose to tell. And I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a straightforward biopic of, oh, this is when he was born. This is his childhood. This is when he was born. Oh, they meet. And, oh, they're they're the high, the kings of comedy. And then, oh, they have a little down low. And then, okay, they're old. Let's do one last thing. It's not the Bohemian Rhapsody of Stan Ollie is what we're saying. Oh, fuck it is, you. <laughs> but it, and how they created Bohemian Rhapsody, how they figured out how to, how to do uh, We Will Rock You. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? But yeah, I mean, it We're, looks like a fascinating movie. It comes out, I think, uh, mid March is when it comes out on uh, Home Entertainment. Well, uh, let's talk about what's coming out in like what this upcoming Friday. Fucking yes. Captain Marvel. Yes, Captain Marvel is coming out on Friday. Oh man, you guys are going to jump on me for this one. But this movie, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Marvel movies, but this one is the one I feel like I have to just get past to get to no. uh, the next one. Chris, I'm 100% in your boat. I agree 100%. And if it wasn't for the fact that Endgame comes out like six weeks after this movie, I would wait till it comes out on Blu-ray to see it. I wouldn't even pay to go see it in the theater. But because it's coming out so close to Endgame, and from what I understand, it's so integral to the outcome of Endgame, I'm going to have to go see it in the theater. So I'm with you 100%. I could care less about this this movie right now. I disagree completely. I mean, well, okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that they did this movie? Now, I, I didn't say I'm 100% like not interested, but I do feel like like I'm not as excited for this movie as I am for Endgame. And I'm wondering, did they do the uh, Captain Marvel a disservice by releasing them so closely together? Um, I think it's more of a disservice when they did it with Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. I think... Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was, it was a fun movie, but after walking out of Infinity War and then watching um, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was just still in that moment of shock. I'm just kind of like, I mean, yeah, it was entertaining, but holy shit. It, it would be the equivalent of like walking out of the theater, seeing Empire, and then seeing like Attack of the Clones or Phantom Menace. Yeah. Like, it was just structurally like, oh, that's weird. But I don't think Captain Marvel and Endgame is going to do that because I think would I prefer they do Captain Marvel earlier in the Marvel Cinematic U- Universe years, like somehow bridged it between like I don't know Age of Ultron and fucking whatever the fuck, just so they have one, and then we could be like, oh, she's coming back. It's, it it does feel a little forced, like shoving Captain Marvel in and then shoving her into Infinity War. Yeah, of that. I yeah, would have good point. Have, I would have preferred to have her, you know, five years ago, have no sequels, just have that one movie set in the nineties, and then have the end of the credits of Infinity War being like, oh shit, that's Captain Marvel's fucking emblem. That means she's coming back, and then have Endgame start with with her. That would have been how I would have done it. But then again, I don't run Marvel, and that's a good goddamn thing. Um, <laughs> I also, it does kind of feel like they're shoving a ca- a Wonder Woman on us. You know what I mean? A little bit. A little um, bit. Yeah, I I can't disagree with any of those things. I, I feel like, though, and he, part of my problem is I don't know enough about the character. Like, just Captain Marvel's not a character that's been on my radar too much. Do you know what I mean? Um, especially with the confusion with DC for years that's now kind of been cleared out and it's just Shazam. But for a long time, that was Captain Marvel as well. So, you know, you had, you had that, but I, to your question, Chris, it's hard to, 
I'm more concerned because Rico's right about Ant-Man and the Wasp connection with, with um, Infinity War that what's going to happen to Far From Home depending on the outcome of Endgame. Because Ooh. that time, the time frame between Endgame and Far From Home is about the same as you had with Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, to be fair, with all respect to Paul Rudd, I think Spider-Man's a stronger character, so it may not suffer as yeah. much. But Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you that I'm unfamiliar with the character, but for me, it's kind of like they're they're so close together. My anticipation is really for the for Endgame. Like that's what I'm really hyped to see. And so I think if they had released it in December, I could have built up anticipation for Captain Marvel and then and then got hyped again for Endgame. But it's hard to like. I don't know. I'm just not excited for the, for the character because, again, not familiar. Um, I'm sure it'll be a great movie. They haven't put out a bad movie. They've put out mediocre, but they've never put out a bad movie. So I know it's going to be good. But I, I just, yeah, I just, I just not. I'm not really hyped to see it. Like uh, Infinity War, I went to go see it at 3 a.m. locally. Um, this one, I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night to go see it. <laughs> I'll probably right. catch it maybe opening weekend or maybe the weekend after. But I will see it in the theater. But would you right. do it for um, will you do it for Endgame? I'm supposed to go see Endgame with a buddy of mine. We already have plans, but if those plans fall through, or I just may like if it they, if it comes out on Wednesday, like they spring it forward a little bit, I, I will probably go Tuesday. Wake up in the middle of the night Tuesday night again and just go by myself. You you're gonna get a new friend, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I won't tell him. I'll just be like, "Oh man, I can't wait to see it." Oh, wasn't that great? I had no idea none of that was gonna happen. So I did that for I did that for Spider Man Homecoming. My brother, I always see Marvel movies with my friend Michael, and yeah. I missed one. I went and saw Spider Man Homecoming with my brother because my brother just picked me up. He's like, he showed up at work. And he's like, "Dude, we're going to Spider Man right now." And I'm like, "I can't. I usually see it with Michael." And Michael was working at the time. And Joel was like, my brother Joel was like, I don't give a fuck. I bought tickets. Let's go. Get off your fucking shift. Let's go. Yeah. I'm texting my friend Michael. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm seeing Spider-Man without me. And he's just like, you betrayed me. <laughs> you son of a bitch. And then I went and saw it again with him to make up for it. And he's just like, you know, dude, fuck you. It wasn't the same. I knew you knew everything. And you, you know, you kept making glances at me to see my reactions. And I didn't fucking like it. And fuck you. Or, you know, you do this shit to me again. We're fucking done. I'm divorcing you. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Chris, we know you're a fan of the show and we very much appreciate that. So you've heard the conversation we had about the, the lineup in terms of the timeline. Did you heard that? bonus episode we did mm, play it back refresh me refresh All me because right, i've so, listened to every episode but then i've kind of what did them back to back okay well no this was so. this was pretty recent this was um shit what did i call this or the comic conversation episode was what we called yeah. it yeah um and we really it's not even something we can take credit for it was we i was regurgitating mark bernardin's thought process from a fat man beyond but they're, they're saying in general that Endgame is going to take... Well, first off, Spider-Man Far From Home is going to take place literally at the end of Endgame. So wherever Endgame ends, whatever that last result is, is where Far From Home starts. But okay. that Endgame, the events of Endgame are going to take place pre-Infinity War because there's 
going to be some level of time travel that takes place in Endgame. And okay. Mark Bernard took it a step further and said, what if the bus trip that Spider-Man is on in Infinity War is the trip home from the Far From Home movie? Right, the field trip. Right, right, but that that bus that you see them on that he jumps off and goes to help with the Infinity War is literally the end of Far From Home. Like, that's the last scene as I'm getting onto that bus that then goes across the, I guess it's the Brooklyn Bridge. I couldn't tell what bridge it was. Yeah. yeah. And that's, hmm. that's the theory. And I was like, oh my God, if they line it up exactly like that, that'd be perfect. Yeah, but I disagree because it is a gr- look. First off, it's a great bit of writing. Like that is that is awesome. That's that's why geek culture is com- is considered awesome because yeah. you could take a theory and be like, "Well, what if it's this?" <laughs> but if you think about it, that means that it's a const- consistent, constant loop of Spider-Man going to Europe, fighting Mysterio, coming back to New York seeing fucking Thanos's fucking um, Hot Wheels loop ship, and then flying up and then you know hanging out with fucking doctor strange and, and iron man and then getting snapped turning to dust and then the events of endgame have to happen where they fucking bring that cocksucker back and then he goes to europe and it's a constant fucking loop and that means he will have it will be a never-ending loop of i don't want to go i don't want to go mr stark i don't want to go i don't feel so good i don't want to fucking live in that world god damn it <laughs> you, you feel better now no. <laughs> No, I do not. <laughs> I don't, don't want to go. <laughs> you don't want to go. By the way, Chris, I know you said you can see our screen, so I want to show you real quick. Real Rico got me for my birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very it's, cool. Can you tell what it is? A, yeah, I'm looking at a, a, a looks like a painting of Stan Lee. What's it, it? I think it's more of a like a lithograph. But yeah, he's. But what you can't tell, I don't think, is he's fading. He's he's like snap fading away, and then oh, it's got wow. It's yeah, got I his that. his dates underneath it. So that was a collective oh. gift between Rico, Steph, and my wonderful fiance. So beautiful, stand the man, stand the man. Which, by the way, it was really nice to see that he got some love in the memoriam section last week at the Oscars too. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have surprised me if they did the oversight because there were, you know, after every year they do people complain, oh, did you forget so and so? But yeah, that would have been a biggie if they forgot Stan. People well, would have been really pissed. You know, Rico pointed out that they missed one. We talked about it and, and you haven't heard the episode yet, but we actually ended up getting together the next night and recording like another 30 minutes of like post Oscars reactions after we had time to kind of like digest it. And I actually se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para ciertas personas. Para más información visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 
15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I'm back and watched it with the sound so that, and I realized we missed a few things. And, but Rico pointed out that they missed Vern Troyer from the Immemorial. Oh, oh, that sucks. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to bypass the obvious joke, but uh, <laughs> I think, I th- you know, and the other one that hit me was how did Burt Reynolds not get nominated for Best Actor for, uh, his his final movie. What was that called? The uh, the oh. last action star, Ac- movie star, the last movie star, last was a- that, action star. Was that in eighteen? though? sounds like a memorable fucking movie. If you can remember, I mean, I think no, it was I- the last movie star directed by Adam Rifkin came out, um, and it was like kind of like a, a little bit half retrospective of his own Burt Reynolds career, but he was playing a fictional character, right? Uh, and it was just a amazing piece of acting that he did there. And I thought, wow, that was a huge overlook. And the other huge overlook that I saw for the Oscars was how did, uh, uh, Oh, what was the Peter, not Peter Jackson. Um, uh, who was it? Guillermo? No, maybe it was Guillermo de Toro. Did he, didn't he put together a documentary, uh, about world war two? Oh, one. Um, they I shall not was, grow old. I think it was Peter, Peter Jackson did it. Peter it? Jackson. They shall not grow old. And I thought, how does that movie get overlooked for sound or editing or any of those? I don't think it's been released yet. I think he was still, it's, it hasn't been, it hasn't been released in theaters yet. I don't think. No, it had the qualifying run back in December, which, really? yeah, it did. It did. And I was really surprised that it got overlooked, which by the way, did you guys read that piece in the, not to, not to steer us in the direction, you know, if you want to, if you want to go back to the show, just let me know. But just to drop this here, Steven Spielberg came out and complained about uh, how Roma got a little bit too much love f- uh, because they were able to s- spend $50 million on promoting the movie and other movies don't have that kind of cash. And so Spielberg is pissed about how Netflix is promoting their movies to qualify for the Oscars. Yeah, uh, he's going to go to the board of directors or whatever the fuck the uh, the academy and petition that they that they no longer allow Netflix uh, produce movies. Uh, well, Either that or change the rules so that way the movie has to be in the in the theater for four weeks minimum, or basically just make it harder for Netflix to qualify. Well, and it's interesting you bring that. I didn't. I saw that that existed, Chris, but I didn't get to read the article. So I appreciate you filling this in. But the one thing I will say is that I noticed when I was flipping through Netflix, so I've been, I've been sick since Tuesday. I've been going to work, but basically useless otherwise. So I've been Coming th- collapsing as soon as he's done. Like he's, basically. He's- yeah. And so I've been flipping through Netflix over the last like week or so. And like the amount of Oscar nominated things, I'm not talking necessarily best picture nominees because a couple of the documentaries are on there. Um, mm-hmm. And they all say Netflix original Netflix original film. So the amount of Netflix material that actually made it to the Academy in nominated status is kind of interesting. I was surprised how much it really was. Yeah, but I mean, I'm a huge fan of Spielberg. I mean, who isn't? But I think he's way off base on this one. Damn. I mean, he's kind of folding his arms and saying these things aren't really qualified. Like, I think his point is these should really go up for Emmys, not Oscars, because they're not real movies. Whereas I'm just, I'm kind of thinking, well, who are you to say that? I mean, I guess he, if anybody he could say, cause it's <laughs> Steven Spielberg, but it's like, yeah. dude, this is art. Like if these people put up the money and make it, you know, do a theatrical run and, qual- you know, jump over all the hurdles that the Academy sets up, I think they deserve to be, qualify for Oscar contention as well as any other movie. That's my opinion. No, it's, I, it's I don't a valid. Do, I disagree. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree there. Chris. If I said the name of the movie, would you the Burt, going back to the Burt Reynolds thing? Would you know it if I said it? Yeah, I think it is called the last 
movie star. Either last movie, it, yeah, it's not the last action hero. That's Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, which I'm, is uh, which is an amazing fucking movie. No other movie compares to that. I'm I'm looking at Bert's um, movie list on IMDb <laughs> and. There's nothing called that, and he's got two movies coming out this year, and I'm wondering if the one you're thinking about hasn't been released yet. No, it came out. Let me see. Okay. Oh, wait. Well, there, okay. No, I, I found it. The last movie star was a 2017 movie, so that would have been qualified for last year's Oscars. That might be why it wasn't in this year's. Oh, um, okay. Got it. That, that and no one saw it. Well, that unfortunately too, but he does have a couple of movies coming out this year, and he did have one last year called Shadow Fighter. Mm. Um, it's directed DVD. Oh, I don't that I don't know, but and then there's one that's um, Shadow Fighter is a homeless ex boxer and an inner city kid's unlikely bond helps them face their future while fighting tragedy from their past. It sounds like a Creed ripoff, honestly. But sounds like a, it sounds like a bad uh, video game. <laughs> or that. Um, so, anyway. He was but, supposed yeah. to be in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Yeah, unfortunately, I... And, and then Pacino took over, which is, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm more excited about seeing Pacino in a Tarantino film than Burt Reynolds. No disrespect to Burt Reynolds, but that that is like two of my heroes and one fucking doing one thing like that sounds amazing. Well, yeah. Pacino is, doing Tarantino dialogue. Come on. Yeah, but Pacino's got to hip check him into a bush. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what they call it? Water powder, cheese, and pants. Water with cheese. Ah. By the way, I watched those videos that uh, Maddie put together. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, They're great, God. aren't they? Hilarious. Have a nice day, motherfucker. The donuts, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's like a greeting. Like uh, I'll give her a book. She'll be like, "Thanks for the book, motherfucker." That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So we we do have that to thank Maddie for. Um, But yeah, even though. do it for us. We're thank well, yeah, you. Right, you yeah. Do it for us. We're we're using it. Um, that's for sure. So free plugging for him. Yeah, of course. Um, but I had an idea about. I wanted to talk about Age of Ultron for a minute. How well do you remember it, Chris? Uh, pretty well. Okay. Um, there's two things. One's just something I noticed, and one I think we might dive into a little more. So I'll start with what I noticed first, because I don't think there's really much to talk about with it, but who knows. And it's during the um, scene where Rokovi is flying, so it's well above the air already. They're talking about how the air is getting thin and thin, and people have got to get off. And they're coming but a they're, meteor. What's that? Coming a meteor, basically. Right. And... Cap's in talk- reverse. It's it, and the part I'm talking about is Cap's like I don't want to say inspirational speech, but I don't have a better word for it. Where he's talking to the team and he's like, "If you get hurt, what? Or if you get if you get hurt, fight through it. And if you get killed, walk it off." Yeah. And but when he says, "If you get killed," the camera switches to Quicksilver, yeah, and he. I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I didn't I put know. it together. And- Till today or till yesterday when I watched it, but yeah, well, I remember someone pointing that out after it came on DVD, and it, you know because fucking everyone will like freeze frame every little thing to try and find a glimpse of a hint for a future Marvel film, right? And, and Joss Whedon, 
is known for doing that in his movies and his TV. I mean, he will plant little seeds and little references in Buffy. Like he'll make a little reference to something that doesn't happen for like three, another three seasons, you know? And I, right. and that's why I, when he did justice league, when, when he tried to do justice league <laughs> yeah. opening credits for when it says screenplay or written by Joss Whedon, yeah. it shows a homeless guy holding a sign that says I tried. And it's like, you know, you know, He's seen the whole movie. He is he knows the movie better than anybody. He is planting that shit. So for him to do that is I is total Joss Whedon. One hundred percent. Yeah. So. And uh, I I didn't catch that, but it, yeah, like I agree with you. It doesn't surprise me because he will plant stuff. Every, yeah. Um, can I touch on DC real quick? Yes, or please, s- please. <laughs> I just had this thought earlier today. I think the big failing of DC with their whole planned universe and failed universe is uh. Marvel, they develop characters. We've seen, you know, Tony Stark go from uh, self-obsessed playboy into something of a hero. Like he's had that journey. And Captain America starts off as a naive patriot, and he turns into a, you know, almost a hard-boiled patriot. We've seen that character development happen over ten years. I feel like DC, they're just into playing with action figures. Like, yeah. let's make Aquaman do this. Let's make Superman do this. I don't care if their character, it doesn't, you know, go with their character. Let's just have them do this. And they don't I, really I, put I, a lot of thought into it. I would, I would agree. I think they focus a lot on Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Out of, I, I think out of all the characters that has been in a DC, this DCEU, Wonder Woman got the best origin, like we're the best character development as of now. Even though she hasn't had a real arc, you know, like I would say the Wonder Woman that is in Wonder Woman is more or less the same Wonder Woman in Justice League. Yeah. Um, With the exception, I would think the Batman v Superman Wonder Woman is a little darker and more of like, I'm fucking done with people. Like, get me out of your bullshit. And then she's like, all right, I got to save the fucking world again. Yeah. Um, Right. I, but I I also think that unfortunately, uh, Batman uh, had an arc. From Batman vs Superman to Justice League, where he became less of the Batman that I wanted, and started out being the Batman I wanted, then just became a very jokey, quippy. Not he, he. It went from being Dark Knight Returns to Adam West is really kind of how I look at it. Not yeah. to say it's bad; it's very different in- interpretation, mm-hmm. and you could tell from the different directors. Like Joss Whedon was like, "All right, more funny." Like I thought you didn't like me. I don't not like you like come on batman like you motherfucker <laughs> i would love Although, to hear uh what's what's his name try to d- deliver that line um Bale? animate no animated uh voice Conroy? kevin yeah i'd love to hear him try to develop I try it i could try i could almost do an animated batman let me say um <clears throat> i don't not like you that's pretty good yeah yeah I, I I will say there was a line from the movie that, that going back to the comedic lines. There was one line from that movie that he specifically developed that I did like, and that's when when um the Flash, who is fucking terrible, turns to him <laughs> and says, "What's your superpower?" And he's like, "I'm rich." I I just I fucking love that. I know it's not a superpower, and I know it doesn't actually fit, but that that line makes me smile because you know. It's bad. See that I'm 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 in the camp that Batman is a superhero even though he doesn't have a superpower, and I know yeah. there's that argument yeah. all the time. So that's a Joss Whedon line, and that that's where 
I would have loved to have seen either a complete Zack Snyder Justice League, but I would also have loved to see a Joss Whedon full Justice League movie. It it just felt too mixed match. It just felt like two separate directors trying to make one movie with two completely different visions. Well, and not to Uh, twist it off completely, but that's what the problem with Solo was because you had that, you know, half Ron Howard, half the, I can't remember who the other guys were. I don't even know if it was another half. I don't even know if half the film had been filmed. I think there had to do a lot of reshoots. So for what I understand, 90, 80 to 90% had already like had been refilmed. Like they got okay. all the CG shit, but like all the acting shit, like was really, they had to refilm the whole fucking thing. Yeah. So it really is a Ron Howard movie as opposed to a Lord of Miller movie. Right. 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 Um, I, yeah. I, I, yeah think, I mean, I, Oh, go ahead. No, Chris, please. We've been talking. <laughs> No, I just, um, my like final thought about DC movies is I, you know, I love DC so much more than Marvel and, uh, it just breaks my heart that they haven't been able to put together a good string of films. Like I feel like they've put together maybe, oh, and I'm going to say something that might be really controversial for this audience, but I'll start with DC. I feel like DC has put together maybe two, three great films from their superheroes one of them being batman one of them being superman superman 78 and batman there's a couple to choose from but i mean i think those are the two properties that they've actually gotten right once or twice so that just breaks my heart because i would love to see good movies from them um well, here's the thing that i was going to say that's co- oh g- jump in yeah no i was gonna just, no no i had a point to piggyback off that i don't disagree with you that they've only hit one or two characters um i have a feeling you and i are going to disagree on which particular movies they hit it with because for me i like man of steel better than 78 i do Oof. I just... you like man of steel better than superman 78 i do yeah Man of Steel is um I'm trying to Henry Cavill the, his first his first outing Henry Cavill's first outing y- yes okay yes okay that's fair I mean I, I, I'm not I gonna, see I, you the, know the, one of the things that I've learned to do is like different people like different things I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong I'm going to oh, say good. I'm no, glad I'm, you enjoyed that movie I mean no, I'm going to sit I, here and tell him that he's wrong <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I can sit there and see the problems with that movie like I do I do agree that it's like 45 minutes too long. And I see that, you know, that the, the damage in the final battle with, with Zod is way too excessive. And like, so I can see the flaws with that movie. No doubt about it. But I think from a, I think from a Superman character development standpoint, I feel like you get a better, you were talking about arcs, Chris. I think you get a better arc through that movie of Superman than you do in 78. Mm. Now, it's interesting because the different Superman on film and on screen, they kind of reflect who whatever the Superman is in the comics at that time. And so True. George Reeves' Superman was very campy because that's how he was portrayed in the comics. Right. Um, Christopher Reeves was more earnest because that's how he was portrayed of the comics at the time. I think the one that you like, it kind of features the Superman that you grew up with reading. And so I, I you know, the, the on-screen Superman that I enjoy is the one that, you know, I enjoyed reading when I was a kid. Right, right, right. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not sitting here saying 78's a terrible fucking movie. Like, that's not what I'm getting at. You know what no, I mean? Like, three and four are terrible fucking movies. Yes. Yeah. I, I, can't disagree with that but i'm saying actually i kind of like three it's goofy it's campy it's not great but i I enjoy it for some capacity but um at the same time like i i don't know like i don't know i just i i i feel like 
What I like about, I'm going to jump for a minute here, but what I like about Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and to a lesser extent, Dark Knight Rises is, is the, how it's as based in reality as you can get for having a superhero and a guy running and running around in a cape and a cow and all the mm-hmm. gadgets. Yeah. I feel like Man of Steel does the same thing. I don't feel like 78 does that as well. And I think that's what I like about Man of Steel. I like that, that it's, because Christopher Nolan and, and Goyer were involved, even though they didn't, he didn't direct it like he did with the Batman movies, he's still involved. And yeah. I think that's where you get that, that realism that you don't get with 78 or some of the other examples there of them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's difficult because these characters have an evolution in the comics. Yes. Um, and so, like I was saying, people have an affinity towards what they fondly remember. And so the Superman that you see on screen, like that's the time when I left the com- you know, left reading comics. And so I know there were issues of Superman where he got a little bit darker, a little bit heavier. He sported the long hair. Like I didn't read any of those. And so I don't really connect with the darker Superman that was presented in Man of Steel. I still like, you know, the hands on the hip, like the one that they're doing in Supergirl. I like that version of Superman. That's my Superman. Um, and so for me to say that you're, you're wrong about what you like, that's, I can't do that because different people gravitate towards what they're familiar with. Yeah, but what's interesting, Chris, is I agree with you about the Superman from Supergirl. I like that version. I just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. If I can jump in, sometimes the perception changes because for years, my, I mean, I still have high regard for him, but my Batman was Michael Keaton growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then... Ben Affleck came on. And I mean, I, I enjoyed Christian Bale's performance as Batman but I also had to settle. I really, that's really the best way I can describe it is I settled for Christian Bale's Batman. And I also looked at it as a alternate universe's Batman. This is Batman in the most realistic fucking version available, but it was never the Batman I wanted. The closest Batman I wanted was really Kevin Conroy's Batman in the Arkham games and the animated series. Yeah. Like that, that is, if there was somehow a live action version of that, yeah. that would be what I want. Right. Ben Affleck came the closest because Ben Affleck's Batman fought like the Arkham games. He moved yeah. and was fluid. I mean, pound for pound, Batman v Superman is a dumpster fire of a fucking movie. But that <laughs> warehouse scene where Batman takes on 20 dudes. Yeah. And like, it just, all that's missing is the fucking like blue X combo thing in the right corner. Like, like that's all you need. And you get that fucking Arkham fight scene. That is something like that was maybe the best five minutes. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Of a Batman scene I could ever hope for. I think my only complaint with that scene, though, Rico, and I agree with you 
99%. I think my only complaint with that is I think he ended up killing a few motherfuckers in that scene, and I and Batman doesn't kill. Bat- but Michael Keaton, Batman killed people. And I didn't like that either, because Batman doesn't I, kill. I I am okay with, I think, accidental deaths. Yeah, it didn't feel accidental, because if I remember, he, like, stabbed the motherfucker. Like, he... <laughs> I think no, nah, he stabs a guy in the shoulder. That's not right. going to kill you. Well, as no. well as Batman doesn't use guns, and you see him uh, shooting yeah. at people. Yeah, that, that part I'm not okay with. Yeah. So, so I mean, again, deviation from core elements of the character tend to lead to dissatisfaction among the hardcore fans. For the mass movie-going public, they don't know these details, so they don't care. They just see a fun action scene, and that's why <laughs> I would love for someone to oversee the project. You know, for a director, basically the Marvel formula, where you have a director who's working underneath someone's guidance, is like, here's the big arc where we're shooting for. Here's what I would like for you to do. I know some directors have found that very stifling, like Kenneth Branagh. But the end product overall for the last, you know, 10 plus years of Marvel has been spectacular movies with one beautiful 10 year story. Who's ever done that before? And that's it's interesting you bring it up that way, Chris, because it was a you know, we've asked you to play this game that we're going to play that I'm not divulging details on right now, which remind me we need to talk about after we're done recording. Um, But he on that on movie fights, they did a episode where they asked who is the best storyteller in Hollywood today, and Kevin, our we're all fans of, was on that episode, and he argued that Kevin Feige was the best storyteller in Hollywood today because of exactly what you just said. He's got to manage this gigantic arc of all these different characters and tie it all together into one gigantic cohesive story. Yeah, I mean, he including putting in like X Men and Fantastic Four, like he did it all without the other heavy hitters. Like he did it in spite of X Men. Yep, he's doing it very much as if this were one big giant movie series with twenty or a TV series with twenty four episodes. Except he took ten years to do it as opposed to one year. Right. You know, if you know what I mean, where yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. understands each character, where they go, what their development is going to be for the season. Except he just did it on a much much larger scale. You're right. It's essentially Game of Thrones in movies with Marvel characters over ten years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's just genius what he's done, and like, and and not to get you know way off, but hey, why not? Um, if <laughs> you know, if Kevin, now that Kevin Feige gets to play with the X Men, <laughs> I can't wait to see this. You know what I mean? Like, it's gonna be crazy. It, you know, I mean, there's gonna be some disappointments because of we've gotten so used to certain things, i.e. Hugh Jackman as Logan and, you know, um, Patrick Stewart and to a lesser degree, um, James McAvoy as, as Professor X. But, you know, much like if anyone's going to do it right, it's going to be Kevin Feige because he can't, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm, cons- I'm, I'm going to pick on somebody that's probably not fair, but like, Kathleen Kennedy is out to make money and Star Wars makes money. And that's the idea of putting out these Star Wars movies. And I'm not saying she doesn't care about Star Wars, but her bigger, I think her bigger goal is to make money, right? Whereas Kevin Feige loves this material and wants to tell these stories. And 
yes, he has to make money, and I'm sure if he wasn't making money, his ass would be on the curb. But right. I don't think that's where his drive is. Does that make sense? Yeah, he knows and loves these characters, and that's where you really have to come from. And then the making money is the bonus. It's the, it's what happens when you pursue your passion and when you the put byproduct. out a, a good product. When you when you put the other one first, when you put making money first, I think that's when you lose sight of what the characters are and should be, and that's when you piss off the fans and you know you leave a lot of money on the table. It's like I know movies like Last Jedi made plenty of dough. But they left so much on the table by not delivering a product that the fans could really sink their teeth into. Yeah, and and just as an uh, an addition to that, I, I think JJ just came out last week and basically said he's redconning nine. So, or, or mm-hmm. not nine, but right. eight. he's basically redconning less Jedi. Like he's taking a few pieces of it, but for the most part, it's like nope. <laughs> so, so he's doing a Ryan Johnson, basically. Yeah. But the difference is, if anyone's going to save it, it's fucking J.J. I think J.J. can do it where it's still cohesive or, you know. Chris, what was your thought on Last Jedi? Last Jedi, uh, it wasn't for me. Do you want want the politically correct answer or do you want me to really open up? I I want you to fucking unleash the fury. Yeah. That movie pissed me off because, um, you know, you have the original trilogy and the whole... Nine movies is supposed to be about the Skywalker saga. That's not to say that J.J. can't fix it in Episode Nine and make it about the Skywalker saga. We had that, you know, that pump fake in uh, Empire Strikes Back. So that, you know, what's his name, uh, Kylo Ren, telling Ray that he's not that she's a nobody. That could be a pump fake. We don't know. But uh, overall, I feel like um, the movie Last Jedi. The problem that it had was it did the exact same thing that everyone was pissed off at Aliens Three for. Aliens 2 set up a beautiful was a beautiful movie and set up a great sequel. And then for Aliens 3 to come in and just say, you know what, everything that you set up in 2, fuck that, we're going in a completely different direction, none of that mattered, that's what pissed yep. him off. Because every movie in Star Wars has to build on the previous. And right. he said, okay, not just fuck the last movie, but fuck the last seven movies, we're starting new. And I totally respect Kathleen Kennedy and Disney wanting to start anew with Star Wars, but you should have done it after 9. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make your own fucking and look, I, I agree with you. I'm I am more okay with Ryan Johnson making his own separate trilogy. But for him to make a continuation off of what JJ set up was an insult uh to the to the franchise as well as to Force Awakens, because I don't know about you, I really liked Force Awakens. It was it brought me back to actually giving a shit about Star Wars. Like I always gave a shit about Star Wars, but after, you know, episode three, you know, I was 14 when that fucking movie came out. It sort of, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is it. We're going to drop down and that's all we get. And then, okay, maybe they're going to make some more. Oh, shit. Leia's coming back. Han's coming back. Luke is coming back. That's going to be fucking awesome. And then I said it many times. It's the best way I can describe The Force Awakens. JJ gave me something that George Lucas could not, which was he literally gave me a new hope. Like, <laughs> Help me, JJ. You're my only fucking hope. And then Ryan Johnson, who I love as a filmmaker, just shat all over it. Un- rewrote a shit that doesn't make sense. But the movie itself is visually amazing. It's a very visualizing, uh, visual, visual, visually stimulating movie. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, a, a, yeah, it's a sumptuous movie. Yeah. Yes. Whereas episode two, Attack of the Clones, that's a shitload of eye candy, but that's fucking a dizzying movie. 
um, yeah, he created why Ryan Johnson made just such a great feat, a feast for the eyes. Um, but unfortunately the storytelling that he did just, he wanted to do his own thing. And it's like, guys, I mean, you have a huge fan base that want, we were expecting certain things and he didn't deliver it. He kind of, he, it was a lot about of uh, self-pleasure as opposed to pleasing the audience. And there has to be that kind of balance when you're making a blockbuster. I would I argue think. like you want to make an art film, please yourself. Cool. Go do that. But if you're I, doing something like this, you got to really please the audience. Well, and I would and argue against you about, art. about pleasuring himself, Chris, only for the fact that like, and I talked about this on an episode, and I forget which one, and that's not relevant, but I watched the behind-the-scenes, and it's like a documentary that's almost as long as the movie. It's a very long documentary, and the thing that stuck out to me, actually, I think I brought it up on the Maddie Granger episode, is Ryan never seemed comfortable. He always seemed like he was... If someone would bring him a decision, he'd be like, well, what do you think? And then if they gave him an opinion, he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get, uh, sure, yeah, let's do that. You know, like, whereas, you know, other directors, you know, uh, Steven Spielberg, by comparison, when he did Ready Player One, I watched that documentary, and they brought him stuff and said, you do you want this? And he'd be like, yes, that, no, this, you know, he was very dead on, not in a dictatorial kind of way, but in a definitive, I know what I want for my movie kind of way. Uh, agreed. Uh, and I think JJ had that. JJ, I mean, I think I was. I was excited for JJ and Ryan Johnson and even, and especially Colin Trevorrow to be like the new directors because I'm like, they are kind of the new Spielberg, Scorsese, Lucas. They're, they're our generation's new, you know, trio of innovative new adventure filmmakers mm -hmm. um, going with JJ Abrams, you know, I mean, he made, and I'm going to get some shit for, for this, but he made Star Trek cool. Like, yeah. No, I mean, I like Star Trek I, anyway, but you're right, Rico. I have to agree with you. They, he put a different spin on it that made it more publicly accessible. I agree with you. I, mean, I think the a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are going to say, well, Star Trek is more philosophical. It's not bang, bang, explosion. And I can confirm that because Stephanie's nodding her fucking head over here. So <laughs> Hi, in, in, some, in, in some ways, JJ did kind of dumb it down for us. But I think he, he understood the mass appeal, which is we want to be entertained, we want a good movie, and we want Bang Bang Pew. That is, yeah. in some ways, why Marvel and Star Wars is popular, because you can have your intelligence, but you can also have your fucking entertainment. Right. Whereas I think Ryan Johnson was trying to just make a visual fucking movie and, uh, and make his own weird Star Wars art house movie he made the superman returns of star wars movies which was <laughs> no one wanted to see this fucking version of superman no one wants to see this whiny emo why you know kind of stalkerish superman but that's what we got for superman returns and then the that's why we got man of steel because everyone was like no one superman didn't even throw a fucking punch he was the most pacifist superman in superman returns and then you're like, all right, well, we got to fucking up the ante. That's why Man of Steel is all about destruction. So it, see, it was think, disappointing. For see, I, think, I think the biggest disappointment from Ryan Johnson is that he definitely had his own agenda that he wanted to put out, put into 
this movie. Um, not saying that these things are bad, you know, animal activist agenda, female, you know, pro female, sure. like all these things are good things. But when you start sacrificing big opportunities, like, you know, you have uh, Holdo is the one who uh, yeah. sends the ship into uh, the, the light speaker. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. How much, much of a, a bigger story impact would it have been had it been Akbar? Instead of him just getting blown out into space, or Leia, or, or Leia, Leia. Yeah. or Leia. I mean, these are, or, or for that matter, Luke just disappearing himself to death. Mm. I mean, these are. Th- well, yeah. Rico has an interesting theory about that that I kind of like, and if he it turns out to be right, then that's one of the pieces that will carry over into JJ's movie and make sense. But it's yeah. only if. Rico's theory is right. Otherwise, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> so, you want me to tell the you talking about the the Ray theory? No, I was talking about the dark and light Force ghosts. Okay, so that's well. That's basically what it is. I have the opinion that because there is a light side and a dark side of the Force, right? Yeah. What if there? And all we've seen are. The light side force ghost. We've seen Yoda. We've seen Obi Wan Kenobi. We have seen. Anakin. I mean, I guess that's. Uh, we've seen Anakin briefly. Yeah. The ghosts with the blue outline. Right. Right. What if there is a red one? What if there's both? What if there's a blue side? What if there's a red side? And because Kylo Ren is definitely talking to Darth Vader, Darth Vader is definitely talking to him. But that wouldn't be the Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi. That would be a Darth Vader red silhouette fucking force ghost, which I want to see, even if it's just for five minutes, I want to see Kylo Ren conflicted hair, hands in his hair, tearing his hair out and having Anakin played by Hayden Christensen in blue silhouette and Darth Vader in red bitching and arguing each other like two fucking parents. And the kids just caught in the middle. Like, I don't know what to do. You're tearing me apart. Like, that's what I want to see. And Can we make them tiny and put them on each of his shoulders? That's essentially <laughs> what it is. I mean, it's the angel <laughs> and the devil on the shoulders. I mean, but can you, I mean, that's sort of, I, it's, it's me being bitchy, but like, what if this Luke that was killed? What if that was the dark side Luke? Because he kind of came off like a dick. What if somewhere there's a light side Luke we don't know about? What if what if the one that we saw killed was Jake Skywalker and the other one's Luke somewhere <laughs> in fucking Oc- on another island called Oc Three? You know, I was watching um, what was it the uh, Last Jedi not too long ago, and it, it hit me. What if Yoda, way back in Empire, when uh, Obi Wan says uh, that boy's our only hope, and Yoda says no, there is another. What if he's referring to Rey? Oh my God. Oh, shit. In in terms of the other Skywalker. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Um. But so did you have you heard my theory about Ray, Chris, which I've heard it, but refresh me and also refresh the audience because they may not have heard it. True. I my theory was and I I theorized this after Force Awakens came out after watching Force Awakens, which is why I'm really pissed off that JJ didn't go with my idea is I think Ray is the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. I think she is the chosen one in another human form. To go with that, she is probably a modified clone. And she's either a clone of Anakin or she's a clone of Luke. She's part of that bloodline. And 
there are ways to do it. One, you can get the ashes from Darth Vader, mm-hmm. which Kylo Ren has. Mm-hmm. Or it's Luke's missing fucking hand from Empire. Right. And they've already established those fucking clones. So there you go. There's, a, yeah. there's clones in the Star Wars universe. They can modify a clone to, to stop the aging process, the accelerant. They could just, you know, stay. Boba Fett is saying, you know, he's aging normally as opposed to like the other clone troopers. Yeah. Which does that mean all the clones have like the, the brains, like the minds of three year olds when they're no, old, when they have their bones like 20? No, it's all around all. Yeah. Okay. So to go with that theory, in Force Awakens, Ray, her, uh, Luke's lightsaber, no, I'm sorry, Anakin's lightsaber, the Excalibur of the Star Wars universe essentially calls to her. It, Ooh. it, which is something that we don't really see. We there's whenever there's like a Star Wars Force vision, it's always audio. You never see anything. There's never that dream sequence that Ray had where she touched the lightsaber and all of a sudden she is having sort of memories of Vader. She is she is looking at the Vader point of view and the Luke point of view where they're fighting on Bespin. You know, in Empire Strikes Back. So yeah. she is reliving those memories and their memories because it's fucking Anakin Skywalker. It's his lightsaber, which was passed down to Luke. And yeah. for having Luke to fucking throw that damn thing over his shoulder, like that is once that movie started, I I laughed with shock. Because that is not what I mean, Luke says it in the fucking movie. This is not going to end the way you think. And boy, was he fucking right. So my theory is. She is the chosen one. She is a Skywalker. She is not really a Skywalker. She's not Luke's daughter. She's not Anakin's granddaughter. She is Anakin, which essentially means there should have been a scene where I ideally I'd like Ray to accuse Luke of you're my father. He's like, no, you're my father. That's what I wanted. And because the horse keeps calling her and, Because she is the light side of the balance, and Kylo is the dark side. They are the yin-yang of the Force. That's why the Force is balanced. Because she represents the good part of the Skywalker gene. He represents the fucked up Vader Skywalker gene. Mm. That would take a lot of explaining in a movie to do. It's a brilliant idea, but to actually execute that in a movie would be really difficult. Well, it would explain why she's in hiding. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, okay. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. But she, uh, they to, to, to Chris, her in the jacuzzi, 
to Chris's point, though, I, I think I and Chris, I don't mean to speak for you, but I think I get what you're getting at is to, to set that up on screen would take two hours in and of itself. No, it's a 10 minute exposition conversation at most. But it's a big pill to swallow. Yeah. It, well, compared to the scene where she goes in that giant fucking pool and learns nothing with the exception <laughs> of. With the exception of she tries to find out who her parents are, and all she sees are multiple versions of herself. She sees mm. clones of Ray. Yeah. That's the only thing that kind of works for my theory that JJ, I'm sorry, uh, that Ryan, Ryan Johnson yeah. like said, you know, well, there oh. are, you know, she's a clone. That's all she is. Yeah. It, it I- goes with the same thing when Luke's cut off the imaginary Vader's head and the mask blew up and it shows Luke's head. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Can I just throw one thing in here real quick? Please. And and not to to change the subject, but it it really bothered me when I was watching The the Last Jedi. How is it that the resistance is still going on? The Empire has come back strong, and both at that point, Han and Luke have both bailed on Leia. Uh. (sighs) Because Kylo Ren is a piece of shit. Well, Right, but in our Star Wars, that never would have happened. Well, our stars that's the thing is we're becoming frothing fucking geek boys they were like it's our star in our star wars luke would have fucking been the luke that we wanted not this fucking Han solo version that's really him he's doing an impression of harrison ford but they never would have abandoned leia both of them wait a minute i can't i can't speak to luke but i feel like and i'm going on force awakens only but i feel like Luke and Han kind of bailed on each other. Like, I don't yeah. feel like that was a one-sided jump ship. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? Like, I, I, I don't. Um, I, 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 I have to agree with Han you with Sol- Luke, but I, Han, Han, I think that was a mutual separation there. So, I, I would imagine in my version, Han Solo probably sucker punched Luke and said, you fucked up my kid. What did you do to my son? This is all your fault. Mm. Han punched first. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I actually want to spin off briefly, no pun intended, and you'll understand why I say that in a second. But are they, I know they did stopped most of the individual movies, but are they still doing the Lando movie? Is that still a thing? The Lando movie was never confirmed. What they did, what they're doing now is doing, they're doing all TV shows. shows. Right. I, the, the only reason why I was asking is because honestly, I'm telling you right now, Enrico, I think you'd be 100% on board for this. If they did a Lando movie, I want Ryan Coogler to direct it. I do. I think that would be an amazing Lando movie. It'd be the the first movie he doesn't make with Michael B. Jordan. Well, yeah, unless he somehow got him into it in some other role. (laughs) He'd be the the killmonger of... of, (laughs) Which, by the way, can we talk about that it's been said... And by Michael B. Jordan himself, the Killmonger is in Black Panther 2. So, it's a dream sequence. I guarantee it's a dream sequence. It's a hallucination or it's a dream sequence. You think that's yeah, it? Yeah, it's got to be, yeah. Because he well, he's dead. He's dead. Well, yeah, but and- no, see, here's the thing, right? And and I'm, I'm taking this off of what happens with um, fucking Watson. I can't remember his name in the movie, but <laughs> the guy. Watson. Yeah. Mark. What's that? Martin Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman. Thank you. Where, 
he basically should have died from that bullet based on where it hit him. And they took him to Wakanda and saved his ass. And that's great. I like that character, so I'm glad they did that. But I'm wondering if if T'Challa takes him to Shuri, if you're saying that name right, I always fuck her name up. But if you take it to Shuri and sh- maybe she saved him and we just didn't see it. Like that was after the fact, you know? He could. I mean, the, the fast rule of what the Marvel movies used to be, dead is dead, but we've seen the return of Coulson and the Red Skull, so I right. mean... And I think... Never quoted, quoted another movie, sometimes dead is better. Yeah. I, I and, and we've said this on our Infinity War episode, I think oh, excuse me, I think anyone killed pre-snap is still going to be dead when this is except, all said and done. Loki. What's that? Except Loki. Well, yeah, except Loki, because they're doing the show. Which I am not happy about. I, I Fucking let him fucking be dead. No disrespect to Tom Hiddleston. No disrespect to Loki, but fucking... Is Quicksilver the only motherfucker who's going to stay dead? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I thought the Loki show was young Loki. No, it's Hiddleston. Oh, you're like, like a young Sheldon oh, thing? Oh. Exactly. Like, I thought it was young Loki with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hiddleston doing some narrating. Some voice That's over. what I thought. <laughs> I mean, uh, that... <laughs> I could be wrong, but that's what I thought I read somewhere. Well, I'm glad we brought it back to Marvel because I did have something else from Ultron I wanted to ask you guys about because I think I found one of the rare, I feel, inconsistencies in this gigantic story because, to your point from earlier, Chris, they've done a really good job of telling this gigantic, arcing story. And so I need you guys to help me out here, but I think that this city that Hulk... And Iron Man have their battle in is supposed to be Wakanda. And no, it, no, just in Africa. Right, but they go after Claw, who's supposedly sitting on the edge of Wakanda in that ship. So where did they go? What, I mean, if I remember, if because I think you're right, but I I'm trying to remember it. He says uh, because there's a part where Mark Ruffalo says that he gets his like he had dealings with Wakanda. He even mispronounces Wakanda yeah, once. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I don't think they landed in Wakanda. I think they are living there they they the fight is on the another city in Africa that's not Wakanda. Right, like Nairobi or something like or some country like Nairobi or whatever. Chris, what do you think? Um I was trying to look it up real quick because Wakanda's hidden. Right. I was trying to remember the name of the city that, um, you know, at the beginning of Civil War. But they have a Wakanda. What's Mm -hmm. that? They have a fake Wakanda because if they were. Right, but it's farm country. It's farm country, though. It's not a city. It's like. Right. The city itself of Wakanda is covered. Right. Because if it was completely covered, no one would know it's called Wakanda. No one would know about Wakanda. Right. They had so, to establish the out, the outer skirts of Wakanda to call it Wakanda, but they're like, it's it's just a you know. Cover. It's a, far- it's a <laughs> it's farming, a but it's but it's a farming country because you remember they make reference to that in Black Panther about it being like a like it's a third what did they say a third third world country with you know no exports, so right it wouldn't be even the city we saw in that in that battle because that building he ends up dropping him through is a pretty advanced building for what they describe Wakanda to be to the rest of the world. Not what it actually is. 
I'm totally yeah. cheating and I'm looking stuff up. No, we do this all the time. No worries, man. Looking shit up is not cheating. We're just... I, I, honestly, this is just a rare argument of something we haven't talked about yet. Yes. Like we, we have talked, we, We've covered all the Marvel, everything Marvel, to a certain degree. You just dropped... Um, CJ, you dropped something else about Age of Ultron about, like, Killmonger, right? Like, didn't you say he was in, like, Sokovia or something? Uh, um, no. You, you texted something to me the other day. I did? Yeah. You did. <laughs> I don't remember half the shit I say to you. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is, is, like, I am not even, like, a Marvel Comics fan. I don't know if I own one Marvel comic book. But yet, I know all these places and characters. Shit, I did a challenge to my wife, and I said, I bet you can name 20 Marvel characters. And she said, no, there's no way. And then she went and rattled off 20 Marvel characters. Yeah. Like, that's how much, like, how well they've done in penetrating the culture. CJ, this is what you said. You said, uh, did you notice how Killmonger was going after the Sanctums? That's what it was. Oh, right, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So, Chris, do you... Again, to your point, you've seen all these movies, even though you don't have any of the books, right? Am I correct? Or at least most of them, if not all of them? I've seen all of them, yeah. Okay, so at one point during Black Panther, after Killmonger has assumed the throne from T'Challa, he's sending out the the weapons to the different countries because, you know, he wants to start, like, taking over the world, essentially. And the three places he specifically says he's going after first are New York— London and Hong Kong, which is the same three places where the sanctums are for Doctor Strange. Yeah. And And, nobody's pointed that out, that he was going after the sanctums, whether, or at least that's my opinion. I think he was specifically going after the sanctums. And my argument was, how the fuck did he know about the sanctums? And I said, well, he was a JSOC guy for the CIA. I mean, he's not an idiot. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I would chalk that one up to coincidence. I think ah, you know those yeah. are major cities, but there's a lot weakness. of major cities, though, Chris. I mean, he could have said he could have said D.C., um, Paris, and Sydney, and those are three major cities. True. I mean, there there might have been that might have been some seed planting that they were maybe hoping to follow up on it's very possible too well black panther is the one marvel movie that i've seen once really i <laughs> and you know what and I, you're, oh, go ahead. I no i was just gonna say i really really enjoy that movie i'm i'm it's one of the few i've watched <laughs> multiple times before everybody calls me a racist <laughs> i'll explain why please no please do because they had uh, an actress, and I'm not entirely sure if she was Korean, but she was speaking Korean in the worst, the oh. worst version of Korean that I've ever heard. Okay, it was like the accent was completely off and wrong, and I don't know where they got this actress. Like I felt like they hired a Chinese woman to play a Korean. <laughs> it, it offended me so badly. I did not watch it again. All right, and Chris, just for our listeners, could you explain why that would offend you so much? Because I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> because one of my Twitter handles is, is, uh, is uh, at underscore green Korean one. And yeah. Uh, I, yeah, so I'm Korean. And so when they actually took the movie, because one thing that's, that's terribly 
absent from a lot of these superhero movies, whether or superhero period, TV shows, movies, DC, Marvel, they're all to blame. You see very little Asian representation. Yes. Um, it was super cool that they had an Asian in Age of Ultron, the Korean woman who was the doctor. Yes. Like I yeah. noticed when, when someone shows up and I'm not a huge activist, but I would like a little more representation sure. in these movies. So, you know, I'm kind of like, would it kill you to have an Asian superhero somewhere like, would it kill you? Do you got to make Iron Fist a white guy? You couldn't have given that one to the Asian brothers. <laughs> um, so being a little bit sensitive sure. to it, when I did see that character in Black Panther and they totally just butchered the language, I was like, I can't watch it again. I watched well, it. I'm out, though. Okay. Well, two things. One, A, that's the that's all a very fair assessment, and I can't argue against any of that. Not only for the reason that I would sound bad, but I actually agree with you. So... That's that. But B, that is the funniest fucking answer I've ever gotten to a serious question in my <laughs> life. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, no, really, you that know, was maybe that was really good, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of funny because like we've taken all this comic book talk very seriously, and I'm typically a really big smart ass. So I felt like I had to bust out with no. something. We've been talking too serious for too long. No, we well, appreciate it. Believe I, me. So. Chris, I do want to ask you one thing. Um, even though she's not Korean, she's Vietnamese. She is a Asian representation in Star Wars. What about Rose in Last Jedi? I was super happy. I actually tweeted her congratulations when the news broke way back when. Like I, I thought it was really was, cool because I was, was before you saw the movie. Yeah, before I saw the movie. Here's the funny thing: when you typed like before when I when that was announced, I was really ecstatic. And then I typed in just out of curiosity: Asian characters in the Star Wars universe. You know who came up? Rose. Fucking Nia Nub. Yeah. Who? I don't even think... Well, the, the fucking co-pilot for Lando in Return oh. of the Jedi. He's not even human! <laughs> right? Yeah, Jesus. I would I would imagine the other ones were the fucking, like, the very Asian... There's, just, there's a lot of Asian stereotypes in Star Wars. The uh, the ones that run the Trade Federation. Like oh, the, yeah. The, like the... My lord. Like the, the real yeah. aggressive... Samurai yeah. fucking voices. I'm and then, okay with that. Are you really? In, in Attack of the Clones, the the clone, uh, the clone, the people of Camino, the things of the long necked giraffe Asian motherfuckers, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. So, like they, Rico, have, stop. Just you're it, you're digging a hole. <laughs> I'm not at all. Not at all. I'm. I'm I, what else do I? Fuck? I don't call them Caminionians. I don't know what to fucking call them. <laughs> But the the big skinny Asian, yeah, Asian yeah. skinny aliens from Camino. I get, no, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. I'm with you. The um, stretched out Bruce Lee's. I don't know what to fucking call them. Like, <laughs> like, but you know, as a voice actor, you got to pick somewhere to go. And if yeah. like they chose, like it just happened to be kind of an Asian tinged. Like I didn't get as mad as everyone else did with Jar Jar Binks's accent. Like, you know, there's a limited number of accents. You know, places you can go. And if you're trying to do something new and different, it's like. I don't think it was like I look at the intent. Was it intended to be racist, or are they just trying to do something that hasn't been done before in that I, universe? I felt like the the and I I mean I don't mean to speak for you, Chris. And honestly, you're yeah. definitely more of an expert on this kind of subject than we will ever be. But I being Korean, no, well, no, just having um, a, a sensitivity to to race in a movie <laughs> and whatnot. But like even. 
even I was put off by the trade federation guys. Like I, that yeah. was, Were you? yeah, I was, oh, that was, a. Oh. it felt, cause it felt incredibly stereotypical. Like I get your point about having, trying different things and whatever. I, I, I do understand what you're saying and I agree with you from that, pre- that premise, but I feel like the trade federation guys were just, blatantly stereotypical like i felt like it was on purpose to be that extreme and that stereotypical that was my perspective and it, it kind of did make me a little uncomfortable when i used to see it so i imagine i imagine it was george lucas making a statement against like kim jong-il like it Probably. seemed like like you know who's the enemy that's not bin laden you know what i'm saying like yeah, that's I'm sort not. of how i interpreted like but they, yeah, dude, that was, even as a kid, because when Phantom Menace came out, I was eight years old, and even I was like, this is fucked up. Really? Like, yeah, man, I remember, because my my dad was very politically kind of like, ah, it's bullshit, that's racist, and fuck this. My dad loves anarchy, but yeah. he also will acknowledge that's fucked up. And I remember we, we saw Star Wars Episode One in theaters together, because, you know, what's a father going to do? He's going to say, no, fuck Star Wars. He's taking me to Star Wars. And he, rem- I remember him walking out, and there was another guy who was with us, and they were getting into a whole fucking political debate about whether that movie was racist or not. And I'm like, I liked when Darth Vader or Darth Maul had the lightsabers, and they're like, no, but those were, those goddamn Asians were racist. I'm like, what Asians? What are you talking about? Right. And I'm like, they, they, you know, they, they sounded Asian. They made their eyes all slanted. I'm like, what are you talking? Then I, years later, like, little by little, becoming more socially aware of racism and and caricatures and stereotypes. I was like, oh fuck, this is totally racist. And yeah. and I don't want to speak for Rico, but like, I'm not the type. I'm not the type of person that sits there and says I'm angry for you. Meaning, I as a you know Caucasian male are are upset for people of the Asian community, you know, if, if you're sitting there as a Korean saying, hey, I don't give a shit about that particular character, great, then I think um, I'm with you. But I also looked at it and went, okay, maybe that was not the smartest choice. Do you know what I'm saying, Chris? Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of comes down to personal personal views. I mean, like, sure. again, like we were talking about before, you, you kind of gravitate towards the Superman or the Batman that you grew up with, and there are different sensibilities for the different characters. For me, when it comes to cultural differences, I grew up in a time, you know, where we were a lot, you know, we not necessarily turned a blind eye, but we had thicker skin, and we didn't personally, mm. the way that I grew up, I didn't take offense to anything unless it was intended to be offensive, um, right. Some people just do things out of ignorance, which I don't get mad about because they just fucking don't know better. Well, and so and, how do you get mad at that? And and I but, agree with you there. Like I, I while I said while I said earlier that I felt it was purposely stereotypical, I also do genuinely believe it was not purposely meant to be offensive. Does that? Yeah, I don't think George Lucas sat there and like I really got to stick it to the Asians with <laughs> yeah, these two right. characters, like. Right. You know, so therefore, I didn't take offense to it, whereas I understand why some people would, and I'm cool with them being mad at it. Um, I'm just not one of them, man. Well, where yeah, do you guys wasn't... draw the line between racism and representation? Oh. See what I'm saying? Like, It's an interesting topic. Um, yeah, racism and that's... representation. I think that's for another conversation that we should have on another day, but I, I get your point, Rico, and it's a valid question to, to dive into. 
Um, yeah. And by the way, I'm totally cool with like, you know, other people will, other people will not agree with my point of view. That's cool too. Like, yeah. I'm not saying yeah, yeah. you have to believe the way that I, uh, that I do. I'm just saying like, I just got a little bit of a thicker skin and I don't get, you know, I choose what to get upset about and I'm not going to get upset about unintended, you know, insults. Like if someone well, came up to me and said, you know, call me a racial slur. Yeah. I'm going to be pissed about that. But if it's someone who's just dumb and doesn't know better, like a five-year-old or a super old person, <laughs> right? Well, now if it, just just curious, if it had come out that Lucas had said, "Oh no, this was specifically meant to be, you know, Asian characters and to show how terrible they are," or something to that effect, <laughs> and, you know, then, then that was the last thing George Lucas would ever say. Uh, of course, but I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying, like, or even if he wasn't going that far, but he was going to say, like, like to Rico's point about the, they were designed, those characters were designed to right. show the negativity of someone like Kim Jong Il or or whatever. You know what I mean? Like right. to go after North Korea and and the evils that have gone on there. Um, to the fucking Arabs all the time. So oh I mean, yeah, you know. That, anyway, that's fucking hilarious. If like George Lucas was like, fuck it, I sold all my shit. To Disney, I can say whatever he's like. Yeah, right? Lucy K. I can say whatever the <laughs> fuck I want now. It's like I have, I have four billion dollars. Uh, fuck, fuck Korea and fuck all of you. <laughs> I've always hated <laughs> Asians, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate Asians. And uh, no, I'm not even opening this can of worms. Yeah, but I do want to ask. Yeah. There was one other thing, which was how it's like two white guys feeling uncomfortable seeing a what we perceive as a racial stereotype on on a star wars thing and when you break it down it's a fucking alien yeah, uh, we true, were like true. oh that's fucking racist that's asian cinema blah blah blah, blah. that's uh, blah 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 whereas chris you're korean you're not looking at like fucked up shit about white people be like that's fucked up for white people i have to defend the white people <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean i guess it depends on what it is like it didn't like i, I yeah. could probably Given enough time, I could come up with an example where I'd be pissed off for you guys. Um, but like, let's here's a, here's a good example. Um, like, I always thought that the Ferengi were highly questionable in Star Trek. Like, they come across as extremely like like a horrible, the worst of the worst Jewish yeah. stereotypes, especially yeah. in Deep Space Nine, given the dynamic that they set up, where it's very much like a Middle East dynamic. Yeah, well, that's, I, that's I agree. That's what Star Trek is all about. It's exploring the gray areas of culture and racism. Correct. However, they made the Ferengi the worst stereotype they of the really Jewish did. culture. They did make the Ferengi the worst stereotype of Jewish culture, but that's the point, is they put it out there for us to have a debate about it. it it's yeah. the same thing with, going back to Oliver Twist, Fagin is a Jewish racial stereotype, and it's an anti-Semitic thing. Does yeah. that mean Charles Dickens was anti-Semitic? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, Right. But who the fuck knows? I'm saying that the best thing about this topic is that we are having this topic and we're not being like, well, I'm against Jews. I'm saying that's that's fucked up that this is happening. Um, I don't. But I mean, I've been having stereotypes against Italians my whole fucking life. I mean, yeah, you, I couldn't even play a fucking video game without having it to me. I'm Mario. Like, you know, we the Italians were stereotyped. That's the other white that is stereotyped there's a lot of whites that are stereotyped yeah scottish italians even disabled what disabled disabilities yeah well yeah i mean you could could be disabled and not be white 
No, but uh, no, that's very true. I'm not saying that they're mutually exclusive. I'm just saying from a from a non-race stereotype is kind of what I was getting at. You know, like I, I will say this, Stephanie, just because Stephanie is more of a Star Trek expert than I am, so she did give me this little post saying, although Ferengi are all about profit, they are they have never murdered their own for any cause. So. They like money, but they don't like genocide. I, guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm All a right, huge so... Star Trek fan. I'm probably as big of a Star Trek fan as I am a Star Wars fan. Um, I think what it comes down to is, you know, to kind of simplify everything. It's like, I get why people will be upset about it. I just choose not to be one of those people because in order to tell stories, you have to draw from cultural references in order for the audience to understand where you're coming from. There are a limited amount of cultural references that people are going to get. Yeah. And so I think, like, to be offended when they pull from your culture and it's shown in an unfavorable light, I think that's unfair. Like, I get why people are upset about everything, and that's just not how I choose to live. I'm like, <laughs> people are going to tell stories from now until the end of time. You can't get mad at all of them. No, I, I, I agree with you there, Chris. I'm in, I'm in with you on that. Um, if I can pull back the curtain a little bit for a second, before we recorded this, Rico and I got together for our usual pre-show meeting, and I said to him I wanted to make this a lighter episode. I feel <laughs> like we've destroyed that idea, but... Um, even pull back the curtain even more, I called him up last night to discuss no. something. I'm yeah, not, no, no, I'm not okay. even going to say it, okay. but like it was a whole thing, and we're like, you know, let's save this topic for another time, and then we're in this topic. We're in the same mm. topic, yeah. Um... And if if it's all right with you guys, I actually do want to switch gears because there is one more topic we I wanted to get to. And, and Chris, do cool. we have you for a little while or do you got to go? I'm good. Okay. All right. So we agree that racial stereotypes and then to a more intense extent, the things that, you know, some some major name celebrities have done are just not good. And then it, it, it what does that do to your career? And that brings me to my next point of they have confirmed they are using James Gunn's script for Guardians 3. It is going forward. They are using James Gunn's script, even though he's not going to direct. Whoa. He is, they are using his script. So the first off, Rico, you and I covered this. So, Chris, I'm sure you heard it that we don't think he really did anything wrong. There are other people that we, the three of us, have talked about both on and off air that have done worse shit. I I don't really feel like he did anything wrong, so I'm personally okay with it, but I would love to hear what you guys think. Um, I'm... My opinion is you got to judge the person for where they are today. You can't use a time machine and judge what they said 10, 15 years ago. Agreed. Yeah. To do that, you're just intentionally trying to find some kind of reason to create either, you know, draw attention to yourself or create, uh, you know, be, be the Joker and create chaos. Or like, I think the, the basically what I'm trying to say is the motivation for take, for taking something out of context from 15 years ago or even in context from 15 years ago. If they've grown and developed as a human, you're not doing it for, uh, I don't think you're doing it for the reason that you're representing that you are. Okay. I don't know that we can put that more eloquently, so good night, everybody. Um. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree, but I also, how do I phrase this? I do agree that you should judge the person as they are, as they are in this, in this period. Yeah. I also think it was Disney making a statement and they happened to use him. 
unfortunately. But I've also have heard that now they're kind of scratching their heads. Like Disney and Kevin Feige and Marvel are all scratching their heads, being like, fuck, who is going to direct Guardians? I mean, we they owe a lot to James Gunn. Well, and, and that kind of leads me to what I was going to ask my next question. And Chris, I'm sorry if I cut you off because it sounds like I might have. But what do you guys think about a James Gunn written script directed by somebody else? Like, I have serious concerns. Forget what they're saying about James Gunn. I'm just talking from a creation perspective. I have concerns about that. I think the closest, I mean, there are other directors that kind of would be able to fill that void. Taika Waititi is an obvious choice. Right. You know, but I've always said Thor Ragnarok he'd... is the other guardians is really how I look at it. But don't you think um, he'd I, want his own script? Uh, I think he strikes he, me as somebody who would want his own, his own. I mean, obviously he'll still get to put his I own agree. fingerprint on it, but. I agree, but I also think it goes to what I was sort of said in the other episode when we talked about this was he apologized. He acknowledged what he said was wrong, and he said that what he did and said was wrong and immature, and he feels bad for it. And his method and his explanation for using it was to provoke. Now, it's not the same allegation as if, oh, word has come out that he's a pedophile. It's that he made a pedophile joke. He, he made a very poor joke, right. but he made a joke. And he also has said racist shit in a, in a, in a trying to be funny way. And uh, take it from me, that is always a bad fucking door to go through. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he apologized. It's the same thing with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart said some homophobic shit years ago because Kevin Hart and all comedians are trying to stand out and they have to sometimes push that boundary in order to stick out. That's why you sometimes see a lot of women stand-up comedians that are being especially filthy and especially profane because they, if they just are clean, no one's going to notice them, but they have to be provocative. They have to be, uh, you know, they have to push that boundary to be noticed. uh, Look at, um, what's his fucking name? Uh, Ken, Ken Young, the Ken doctor, Jung. Ken Jung, Ken Jung, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the comedian who's also a doctor. He kind of, as a person, and I guess there is that kind of weird, n- not a stereotype of Asians, but a stereotype of doctors that you expect them to not be, you know, explicit. You don't, ex- they, because they talk more or less as a profession in medical terms. And then his special is all about, you know, like he did a joke about gynecology. He said, you know, if you're, you know, we don't want to see that fucked up shit. We want you to trim that shit. That's something a doctor would never say. Right. (laughs) So he is a comedian. He is a doctor, but he is pushing that boundary to get more attention. That's what I I think James Gunn did. I haven't seen his special. His stand up. I know it's on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but I'll tell you, and I will openly admit to our listeners. I watched every fucking episode of the masked singer. Which was that terrible singing show on Fox? Did did you guys see it or see about it? No, I know Chris, of it, but I did you, not watch. Okay, so basically, Rico, do you not even know what it is? I I mean, I'm I'm assuming the title speaks for itself, but no, no, it's it's a little more complicated. So they got a bunch of 
I'm going to say famous people, but I'm going to put that in quotes because only like two of them were actually really famous. Um, and put them in these costumes and had them sing. And then these judges who were Robin Thicke, Jenny McCarthy, Ken Jeong, and um, uh, Sersinger. I can't remember her first name. But anyway, she's from like the Kitty Cat Dolls or one of those women's singing groups. Like I can't remember what they're called. Anyway, the, the Pussycat Dolls, I mean. Um, but... <laughs> fuck you. Um, but, but the kitty cat he, dolls. I like that. They're not. It's not scripted. So he's basically like judging, like you would on like an American Idol or a America's Got Talent or one of those type shows. And he's god awful with no script. Like he was incredibly annoying to listen to. So I, mm-hmm. it made me not want to watch that special. You hear that, Chris? He hates it. He hates Koreans. Man, I'm sorry. I got to go. Um, what? I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm hugely offended. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> see, uh, we can't see you, Chris. So we're like, oh, shit. Yeah, we yeah I'm, I can't oh, shit, see you. So I'm not certain you didn't. I actually was watching the way to see if your avatar disappeared because I was going to be like, um, shit. <laughs> So, um, oh wow, he just made the noise. Um, No, I didn't watch it, but that's a funny thing. I'm not a big fan of Ken Jong. Okay, the the irony is, I am a fan of Ken Jong. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so but getting back to the the script thing, like, I I, I think it's gonna be fine. I, I don't have a problem with them using the script at all because I agree with you. And Chris, you. And I'll cut this out if you want me to, but you and I were talking, we just took a break, and you brought up a very valid point about Kevin. I don't want to get into the whole conversation, but the point you brought up about Kevin, I think, is apropos to what we're talking about now. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. I was just saying that some of the movies that he made back in the 90s, if you look back at, uh, you know, through the problematic lens, you could pick it apart and just find a whole bunch of offensive things. It was written at, written and filmed at a time when these things in our culture were not as offensive as they are. And I think what he was doing was doing that thing of being a little bit offensive intentionally because it's funny to say things that, you know, it's like the farting in church. You're not supposed to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, some of these things are exactly that. You say something that's hugely offensive, knowing that it's not, you're not being serious about it, but because you've said it, it's kind of funny. Um, you're not supposed to fart in church? Well, <laughs> I don't know what kind of church you're going to, man, but none. shoot, I ain't going to that one. None. none. I mean, I would imagine that it would have more substance than the actual what, what the person's saying. <laughs> so you're, you're dealing with a pure atheist. Chris, in case you didn't catch that at some point through our show, so yeah, yeah, I caught that. I mean, we could talk religion on another on another light episode. Yeah, right. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, getting back to the whole Guardians thing, like chiming in, I think it'll be fine. Whoever directs it, like, I mean, the Russo brothers did just a perfect job with their little Guardians segment in you know Avengers: Infinity War, and but John, uh, you know, but they, he was but he was a part of that. Yeah, he helped write, you know, he helped touch up the script to make it more. But if they're coming from his script, you know, just hand it off to someone who could direct it competently, and I think it'll be fine. Um, you know, I th- my understanding is that uh, some of the players didn't want to come back unless they were using that script. Right. Like, there was a possibility we wouldn't see Dave Patissa for a right. while. 
Yeah. Well, and so, and he has come back to the WWE, so I'm curious what that's going to do for his availability. Well, he's going through his own controversy right now because he just said The Rock can't act. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, he, he said, oh, The Rock is an awful actor. He can't act for shit. And I'm like, you know, like, you're kind of the poor man's rock. So calm the fuck down. Yeah. I well, mean, if, they, if they, they'd offered The Rock, if they had offered Dwayne Johnson more money, he easily would have been Drax. You know what I'm saying? Like, And, and to be fair, I think, you know, like, when you have a character in a James Bond movie that does not have a word of dialogue, there's a Except reason shit. for that. Does he say shit? I don't remember him saying anything ever. He says when when Daniel Craig laps does the lasso thing around his neck, and it's like the box is going out to the fucking train. Yeah. he looks at it, goes shit, and then or it says merde in French or something. But he yeah. he says some shit, but it just is it in a different language or it is in I don't remember. Well, I, the, I, you know, I the point being like Spectre, is so. that there's really no dialogue in what he's saying. You know, yeah. On yeah, the I other mean, hand, he was one of the highlights of a movie that I watched called Hotel Artemis. Like he, I don't know if either of you saw it, but it's like, I haven't. how do I explain what hotel Artemis is? It's in the future. It's like hateful eight, but in the future and it's a hotel for criminals. So they're all kind of like locked up and like, um, what's her fucking name? Jodie Foster is the doctor and nurse of the hotel. And she runs the whole thing. So it's like if, if a criminal gets shot, it's a safe haven for them. And Dave Bautista is her fucking right hand man her muscle her orderly basically and he's really fucking good in it Mm. and he also like when he was first offered the role for drax way back who am i naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz you have power i have never felt before critics are calling it unbelievably charming captivating a delight to watch casey walpole couldn't be more perfect as naomi you ready the question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. Whatever the fuck, Guardians came out in 2011, 2012, something like that. He immediately went out and got, like, acting lessons. Like he he was like it was reported that he was like I'm trying to fucking be as good as I possibly can. I also think that for that for that big lumbering muscle that usually has a disfigurement in a Bond movie because that's the role he filled. He was just Jaws, right? Without having the grill in his mouth, mm-hmm. um, and that was the requirement: is you got to be big, you got to have you got to look like you might have a disfigurement. When in which case, I guess it's he's mute, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, or he's just ugly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his disfigurement is, but they always have that. There's always a Bond villain that is like, you know, fucked up in some way. Oh, the villain has the uh, disfigurement. It, like he played henchman. 
Yeah, he played the henchman. Yeah, but it's usually like Javier Bardem who pulls out like half of his face or Which um, I don't think Cyanide fucking does, by the way. <laughs> that was um well, that was some real stretching of the fucking truth right there. I, or like Michael Madsen who's got the drippy eye. Like it's always the bad villain, the bi- the big Michael, bad that has the oh. disfigurement and the no, henchman not- is usually just quiet. It's Michael not Madsen, it's, it's Mickelson or M- something Mickelson, like that. Mike, Mickelson, Madsen, Michael, let's M- M- tell him It's, it's Mads Mickelson, Mickelson if, if we're Thank doing Thank you. A- yeah. <laughs> it, I was uh, like, Michael Madsen was a, bo- I mean, <laughs> he was, that he, would be he, a, he was in Die Another Day as like an FBI agent or a CIA. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if you fucking redconned Skyfall, I'd be fine with that. But anyway. If yeah. if they uh, retcon Quantum and Spectre, I'd be happy, and you'd you're, be pissed. You're you're sick in the head, man. Um. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on James Gunn. I think it's gonna be all right. I think it'll be interesting. Um, I'm curious about someone else directing it. But to your point, Rico, if it's someone like you know Taika Waititi, then it would work. Um, it just depends. If I could say who I would want to be a director, if, if, if James Gunn is off the table, like he, no matter what, he'll never direct another fucking Guardians movie. I want the original act, uh, director of Ant-Man. And... Oh, what's his name? Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The, the Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. I'm blanking on it. I, I, I'm looking it up. I'm cheating. Um, it's not cheating. Like Since when did that become cheating on this show to look shit up? Because you can edit all this out. <laughs> but I never do. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't. I'd be down with that, though. I'd be down with him Edgar, as director. Edgar like, Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah. Yeah. So I, I heard Waititi... Oh, I heard Waititi's not interested. He was offered. He turned it down. Oh, really? And Gunn okay. is developing Suicide Squad. Right. The second which one. Is, which Will Smith just dropped. Oh, yep. can we talk about Will Smith for a fucking minute? Oh, is the genie... <laughs> oh my good god yeah that look uh, okay go ahead go ahead yeah uh i do you want to start rick or do you want me to start because i don't i mean look on one hand i am trying to think about what robin williams would have said which was hey he's doing something you should love what he does yes. he's a great actor i'm trying to be like oh robin would really be upset that we're so vehemently against this but on the other hand Oh my god, the CGI just looks so 2007. Well, it see, looks I, bad. I I let me pose a question to both of you and, and and either one of you can answer or both for that matter, but if Robin Williams was still alive, would we have the same vitriol for this? Because I wonder I I think for me personally, I'm looking at it like Robin's not here to defend it. To your point, Rico, like he's not here to give us his opinion. So it's like, fuck you, don't do it. You know? Well, they already, I mean, they did replace the genie at one point when he was alive. Well, yeah, but that's a, the, the directed DVD ones. And I'm kind of okay with that because a lot of those directed DVD things, they replace the main people. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that you can't get Robin Williams to do that. He's not going to do a Aladdin series. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get someone who's very talented, by the way, to replace that voice. Like yeah. everybody freaked the fuck out when that came out, and I looked at it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm cool with it." Like I've seen enough of the, uh, like I didn't watch it on Broadway, but I've seen it on TV when they perform, and I was like, 
all right, cool. They're going a different way with the genie. And that's what I felt like Will Smith was doing. Um, so when everyone, like everybody had a ball comparing him to, uh, the arrested, arrested development character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Your, go with your point because I, I saw the Aladdin Broadway show at Disneyland and the version I saw was very, it, it was, it was very reminiscent of Robin Williams. He, the guy had a, you know, oh, kind of Robin Williams voice. Oh, yes, me, Robin. And like, he had that type of, um, essence in his voice. He, he right. did his own thing, but it was very much like the spirit of Robin. It, it was, it was Robin Williams' genie, but then the guy went off and then like did his own thing. Yeah. I, and yeah. I, I don't think you can recapture that. I think the only way, the only maybe two actors today could have reprised that role as Robin Williams did, and they all would have been a pale imitation, so they had to go like completely different to get rid of any kind of comparison. I think Jim Carrey is one of those guys. That's fair. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Not, not saying that it's a good choice. I'm just right, saying but like, he's yeah. got that same scattered, frantic mind. Um, I don't know who I would pick for number two. But I know there's another one in that same vein of Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, Jonathan Winters. They all have that really rapid yeah. fire, quick brain. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, th- yeah. Go ahead. No, Chris, I think if we're you, all being honest, we should not. They should not have made the fucking remake in the first place. Well, and I and I said that during the Oscars when we talked about it, Rico. If you remember, because we talked about it briefly when the commercial came on, and that was yeah. that you know. All of these are just money grabs by Disney, and let's be fair. And, and they don't. First off, they don't need them. No, but they're going to make a billion dollars, and that's good for stockholders. I mean, from a cr- creative aspect, yeah, it's just going back to the well. I, I just, mean, yeah, but I don't think they need to do it. I, I mean, some of them make sense, like I guess the Jungle Book to a degree, but even then, like I just, I just don't feel like they need to do it. But can we touch on the one positive about this movie? Because there is a major positive, and it does actually link back to something we were just talking about tonight, and that yeah. is that they are culturally. I, let me try to say that again. Culturally, I can't. All right. But getting the rest of the characters accurate. And I think that's important that they, and it was a conscious effort to do it from what I understand. Like that's not by coincidence. They went out of their way to get uh, like all the other, Aladdin, Jasmine and all of them to be correct. And I, and I think that's a, that's a positive thing that needs to be pointed out. I, I can agree with that. I also just think that's sort of why look, all, all thing, everything aside did the animated version of Aladdin works because yes, they are, they, they have those characters and those actors and those voices, but they also have Jafar being a British, you know, Agrabian. Right. And then they have Aladdin being American Agrabian. And then you have Robin Williams. Who's like, not even either. Well, he the, is his, it's Bob Williams is blue. That's all he is. Right, and the, the genie didn't need to be uh, a, uh, like a, uh, an ethnicity. He could have been, a, could right, been exactly. he, he, is, right. he is essentially a spirit. Um, to I do appreciate them going and having, uh, you know, those racial backgrounds for those actors. I just all and I do like the fact that they also cast unknowns. Yes. Who the fuck is going to fall? Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck is playing Aladdin? Who the fuck knows? To be fair, who the play, who the fuck played Aladdin in the original one? I know him because I know I love that like type of shit. Well, and if you're a fan of 
of Full House, you know who it is. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's that's all the obvious thing is, oh, it's the dude from Full House. And then you're like, which one? Bob Saget? No, but I'd love to see that fucking version. Oh, God, that'd be dirty as shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, my whole thing is, I, I don't like the way Jafar sounds. Jafar, because I think we're just sort of too, we're clinging to our childhood. Jafar sounds like this, and he's low, and he's evil, and he's sniveling. And then this other guy just sounds like, bring me the lamp. All right, Jeff, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I still, if they had kept, I mean, I know God, Gilbert Godfrey went through his own controversy as well. Right. But like, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm kind of gonna fucking miss that there's no Gilbert Godfrey as Iago. Yeah. Mm. Because good or bad, that's a fucking great performance. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's interesting because. I'm getting close to 50 and I've had to deal with, you know, things that I enjoyed in the past being reinvented for a new audience. And I've had to learn to not get upset about it and just let it go. Like, and you know, like when Star Trek next generation came around, I was thrilled. And I remember hearing that the people who were fans of the classic series were pissed because it wasn't anything like the previous. And I was like, come on guys, this is good too. And that was my Star Trek. And now that Discovery came around, I was like, wow, this is nothing like Next Generation. <laughs> but I got to gotta or, just go with it and be like, you know what? I'm going through the same thing that the people generation before me did. I got to go with it and be like, hey, guys, this is for you guys. I hope you love the fuck out of it as much as I loved mine. And so enjoy it. I get it. It's for you guys. And that's the same way with all this new Disney stuff. It's like, you know, we had our Aladdin and Lion King and Little Mermaid. We enjoyed them. They're still there for us to enjoy. And yeah. it's like the new group of kids. It's like, man, I hope they fall in love with these. And then, you know, they get fucked over in Disney by in 30 years when their kids go see the new <laughs> Aladdin, like the 3D Aladdin, whatever, whatever, yeah. the holograph, whatever they're going to be. However, we're going to be entertained in the future. Yeah. Like, I hope they get that, too. Well, it just happens. It, yeah, it just keeps churning. Uh, I saw a tweet where there, this guy made a post saying, when I go see Captain Marvel a second time, I'm going to bring a little girl with me. I'm going to bring my daughter or whatever. Because <clears throat> he wins, He was talking about how he saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. and how he was enjoying it. And then when he went and second viewing, he saw there was a, a young black kid behind him. And he was wa- turning and looking and he was watching this kid's excitement because that kid is being represented on screen. It's not like he was saying, oh, Peter Parker is not the main star of this movie. It's Miles Morales. It's a young black kid. It's for the new hey, generation. Spoilers. <laughs> but you know what, though? And I, I know we were trying to keep it light. Like, I, when I grew up, my parents wouldn't, I was not allowed to watch TV. I was not allowed to see movies. I caught up on everything, like, after I went to college and just dove in headfirst and watched scene. And we, I've watched everything since then. But we, I wasn't allowed to draw my heroes from TV and movies. And therefore I never felt the need for cultural representation on screen. I understand the importance of it. I know Michelle Nichols has told a wonderful story about um, Dr. Martin Luther King asking her to stay in Star Trek because yeah. kids need to see, yeah. you know, black people will make it to the future. Like I understand right. that there's an importance, but for me, I never found it hugely important. And I know this flies a little bit in, you know, against what I was saying before, can we get a little more Asian representation in superheroes? Um, but I think my, what I'm cautioning is it's good, but let's not make it too important. 
Right. right. I, I have to agree with you there, Chris. I mean, you, you bring up a very valid point. It is it is good to have the representation, but don't do it just for the sake of representation. Make it work the way it's supposed to work. And if it if it calls for it, then then run with it. But if it doesn't, then that's okay, too. Well, I mean, my thing is, like, I would much rather for people to look up to Dr. Martin Luther King than Uhura. You yeah. know, I want oh. them to look at Martin Luther King as a role model than Uhura as a role model. Sure, sure. It's a good point. I don't need Italian-American fucking Marvel character. Like, I'm, you know, we don't need, I don't need that shit. I, you know, I, I'm, I agree with you. Let's have, if I want to, if I have an Italian-American hero, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be Tony Soprano. It's not going to be fucking Mario. It's yeah. going to be a real fucking person who did good for the, for my community. It's going to yeah. be Sinatra. It's going to be fucking Pavarotti. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, a, don't get me wrong. I'm not against it. Like, I think it's wonderful that Supergirl introduced a transgender superhero on TV it, because it exposes people to things that they may not have been exposed to. Yeah. There are definitely good things about, about it. I just warn about like people protesting or getting, you know, too happy that, you know, Wonder Woman did well because it's a woman movie. No, I think I think it's important if it works. And not, you know, going back to something DC did a long time ago. And Chris, you said you're a bigger DC person, so I'm gonna go with that example. Is when they and I always fuck this name up, and I don't know why, but they switched when they went from Hal Jordan to um, um, what the fuck is his name? John Stewart. John Stewart. Thank you. Uh, as Green Lantern, like I I felt like a that was a natural transition, and honestly. I when I think of Green Lantern, I think of him before I think of Hal. I remember Hal's name more for whatever reason, but I think of John Stewart when I think Green Lantern. Oh, did you guys hear that the new Green Lantern animated movie they're making uh, Jessica Jessica Cruz the one of the main characters? She's like the one of the current Green Lanterns. Oh, really? I, okay. Yeah. So behind on the current shit on what's going on, who the fuck is Jessica Cruz? She's one of the new Green Lanterns. And I was like, I got to double check, make sure I got the name right. But (laughs) it's like, again, I'm totally cool with them doing it. I understand there's an importance. If I can. Um, I'm just just being a broken record at this point. Let me dive into the Internet and make sure I got the name right. If I can make a quick joke real quick. Speaking of Jessica's, I was incredibly disappointed to see Jessica Jones pregnant at the Oscars last week. It just bothered me. Right, yeah. that, I flipped out too. I was like, "What the hell? She's not supposed to be pregnant. She's yeah. on heroin. What is she doing?" <laughs> no, no, no. She was never. That was the other guy. She's, she's no. on heroin from Breaking Bad. From Breaking Bad. Oh, I never watched Breaking Bad. Um, so you watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, you've told that, me that before. Um, that poor baby never has, will have a chance. Chris, I'll let you. I'll, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! I'll, I'll let you bring up your point when you find the name. But I do want to move on because I know we're getting kind of long in the tooth. And and thank you yep. so much for all your time tonight. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for a little chest pumping for a split second here. Uh, you being a fan of both our show and Kevin Smith, I want your input about our interview with uh, Marilyn Gigliotti. I thought you guys knocked it out of the fucking park. Like it was such an easy, breezy, fun conversation. Um, I I've recommended it to a few of my friends. It's it's a great interview, man. You Thank guys, you. Good job. I Thank I you. feel like we we missed a couple obvious um, places where we could have uh, elaborated on some stuff she brought up, but I don't feel like we insulted her by not either. If that makes sense. Right. Like I did notice one part where she had something that she was kind of promoting, which as a listener, I was a little bit unsure if it was an active 
GoFundMe campaign, which is probably why you didn't hit up on it. She kind of said, we tried this and blah, blah, blah. We might do this. So I don't know, like you probably didn't latch onto it as being, oh, this is something she's trying to promote because she was a little wishy-washy about it. But right. um, overall, man, it was like a lot of great insight into Clerks and even her as a struggling, not even struggling, as an actress in LA because they're all struggling. Right. It's tough. <laughs> it's a tough gig. And when you choose that life, man, I admire people who, who are that dedicated to their art and craft that they're going to go for it. So, I mean, it was a yeah. great one. The other part that oh, I would, the other part I wish we had elaborated on was her experience at Sundance. Cause she mentioned that they all went to Sundance after clerks, which is something I already knew anyway. But when she brought it up, I wish I had um, expanded on that with her. That's the only thing that's the biggest regret that I have from the, from the interview. But yeah, well, I mean, it's an opportunity because you just keep tabs on her. And when she actually is ready to promote, whatever campaign she's working on for whichever, you know, indie movie that she's doing, then you hit her up and say, Hey, we'll give you a, you know, megaphone if you want to come on for five minutes. Oh, absolutely. And we, and we told her as much. And, and she was incredibly gracious about supporting that particular episode from, from her end. So she, yeah. Yeah. Um, what were oh, you going to say, awesome. Nico? You look like you were going to say something. Me? Oh, yeah. I was just, um, I think <laughs> I, uh, it was a weird experience and I said it before we recorded with her. Because we do what we did, which was we do an initial like, okay, we're are you ready? We're gonna start recording. Is there anything you want to talk about before we do this? Blah blah yeah. blah. And when she first greeted us and said, "Hi guys," I'm like, "Oh my god, this is weird." And she's yeah. like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Because I've seen Clerks like a hundred times, and I know your voice, and you sound like you." <laughs> and that was what was weird for me yeah. because you know it's it's someone we've heard the voice for like before and. Vives en Virginia. Si recibiste la vacuna contra COVID-19, sigues estando protegido. Este otoño estaremos poniendo dosis de refuerzo para ayudar a prolongar esa protección. No olvides que el Departamento de Salud de Virginia sigue siendo tu mejor fuente de información sobre el COVID-19. Para saber si puedes recibir la dosis de refuerzo y programar una cita, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de salud de Virginia. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. And then it's them talking to us because she sounds exactly like how she sounds, which yeah. is exactly how she should sound, but, but it's still weird. And, it, and I got through that little starstruck moment. And then once we started recording, I was able to relax. And I mean, I try not to toot my own horn, but I'm really happy I made her fucking laugh a lot. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a big deal to me. Yeah. Um, because she made me laugh a lot in a movie once. So, and I think yeah. to put it in perspective of, from what Rico was saying is like as great a, of an interview as both her and Maddie Granger were. You know, Maddie's not someone we've heard in excess. Like we've seen those clips that you talked about earlier, and and some of other his other work, like Charlie the Clown and whatever. But it's not like Veronica. Do you know what I mean? It's that it's not the same so it, i don't know it, it is the equivalent of like getting like bart simpson 
you know, like getting yeah. the woman who plays Bart Simpson on like, and we're like, Oh my God, I know your fucking voice or getting, getting Kevin. I mean, that's, that's really the, like they have distinct voices where we know their voice. Like you could pick out George Clooney's voice in a fucking auditorium. Yeah. Because he sounds like George Clooney. So it, it was just that momentary of, Oh my God, this is, yeah. this is now real. This is I, now a real thing. I would love it since everyone's voices are pretty much ageless. I would love it if he took the clerk's three script and turned it into a uh, multi episode podcast series. Yeah, except Jeff will never do it. Jeff I got a guy. Uh, I'm sure you <laughs> have a guy. guy. I'm sure Tell Kev I got a guy. I'm sure there's a bunch of guys, but and I think I, I might be alone in this perspective. But to Kevin's credit, he won't do it without Jeff. Whether it be in that format or on the screen, and no matter how he does it, he's not going to do it without Jeff Anderson. And I also it, think I think the fans would not be appreciative. I think if he moved forward and replaced. Uh, Randall with someone else because I mean you know it's you can't have one without the other. It'd be one thing if like Jeff Anderson died and then like yeah. twenty years later he was going to maybe make an animated series and get a sound alike. But even then, I would rather have a completely different character. I would rather have Clerks Three with fucking you know Jason, one of Jason Lee's characters. Yeah, right. Um, and a, but apparently the the main focal point of Three was Randall. So, yeah. you, you, you need Jeff. I, I, I get your point, Chris, and I think it would be awesome because he's, he's working on that with that, that hockey thing he was going to do. Um, hit, somebody. Uh, hit somebody. He's working on actually doing something like that for that. The only negative is he, he's not getting Rickman anymore because Rickman was supposed to be the narrator of the whole thing. So, <sighs> obviously, that's not going to happen unless he... I you know, yeah. I kind of, I kind of feel like that. Um, he's not doing Clerks three without Jeff because you know he Jeff is a huge part and you need him on screen. But if you right. could get a voice match, I kind of feel like he'd move on because it's also Kevin's cre- characters and his creation. And if he really wants to see it live, I'm just suggesting this is one way he can make it live. Yeah, but the other thing you got to keep in mind, Chris, I'm sure you know this, but just as a reminder, he doesn't own that property. He owns Jay and Bob, but he doesn't own Clerks, Randall, or Dante. Miramax oh, owns that. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Which is another interesting thing because now Jay, Kevin is doing Jay and Bob reboot. And he is now doing like every day, like a little webisode thing where he, like, I don't remember what the fuck it's called, but he's it's like showing. Re- a, a, it's the road to reboot and then chapter uh, one, two, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he released a photo where it shows. Brian O'Halloran in front of the quick stop. So that means we're getting a clerk. We're just not getting both clerks. Well, we don't, we don't know that is we don't know that, but because the, the whole thing was that they were going to replace RST video with a fucking red box. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a red box right next to quick stop. So therefore they don't need a fucking um, Randall. Uh, they don't need a Randall because there's no video store. I, the irony, uh, you know, coming out of my mouth is that they don't need a video store um, <laughs> because you because I work at a fucking video store. So um, to have one of the clerks, I mean, they might make they who knows, but they might make a fucking joke being like, oh, Randall, Randall's not supposed to be here today. That would be mm. a funny joke. Yeah. 
That would work, yeah. Especially if it's only a quick cameo. Like, it depends on how much takes place at the quick stop, which probably isn't much. So... Yeah, but that kind of goes to what I was saying, that I think Kevin's okay with moving on without Jeff. I mean, if he's going to do something like that, that tells me, you know, he's cool to reference his own old material. It doesn't have to be intact. But But I I get get it. He he doesn't own Clerk, so I guess it's a moot point. Well, that's for one little small scene. If if it's a whole movie, obviously he would, you know, it's one thing to have Dante show up and not Randall, but you can't have a whole fucking Clerks 3 movie without Dante and Randall. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah, they did everything together. I mean, they did. They made shorts. They did the fucking flying car segment. Yeah. If it was just Dante talking to fucking um, and, Elias, right? And I've heard that as as an option, but I don't think it has the right chemistry. You can't. No, you can't because Elias a, is a fucking is even more wishy washy than Dante. Well, the the th- the theory I would heard was that because of the re- events at the end of Clerks Two with with um, Elias and the beer and the jerking weed. off to the donkey and, and the, the weed and, and yeah. jerking off to the donkey show that he's kind of loosened up a little bit, but uh, what, it still but wouldn't not, be Randall. Not to the point of being a Randall. That's the point. Is right. that he'd still, he'd have to become like a Satanist. He'd have to reject Christianity, become a fucking Satanist <laughs> for them to have a whole complete transformation of the character. Hate the Lord he'd of the Rings. To, <laughs> he'd have, yeah, he'd have to fucking actually have gotten rid of pillow pants. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh my god, that'd be hilarious if he was just the smoothest motherfucker when he came back, getting laid oh left my and right. God, yeah. That's that's a movie I'd see. I'd see Elias, <laughs> Elias Spe- drowning in pussy. Speaking speaking of Elias, Chris, you know the game he's working on, right? The actual actor Trevor Furman, or yeah, Furman, I think it is. I remember, yeah, I remember him showing up on one of Kev's uh, podcasts a while back talking about it. Yeah, I, I, it's a kick. It's, it's not Kickstarter in a true sense because it's on a thing called Fig, but I actually have money in it, so I'm getting a copy of this. But it's called Jay and Silent Bob Chronic Blunt Punch, and it's oh, a cool. side, it's a side-scrolling like fighter where they're going to be in the mall. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do with it. I'm excited. It's supposed, I'm supposed to get a fourth quarter this year, so we'll see what happens. But um, oh, that's like, cool. Yeah, you know, looking it up, it reminds me of a. <laughs> it reminds me of a Super Nintendo uh, Beavis and Butthead video game. Totally. Do you guys? Do you guys ever? Uh, I no. I think I played that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I tried it. It looks better than it, but the vibes the same. It's yeah, better. But the premise of the Beavis and Butthead video game on Super Nintendo was them going around their neighborhood at different locations trying to get to a gore concert. Yes. <laughs> and, like, the first level is them going through the streets of Highland. The second level is, like, the hospital. The third one is, like, the school. So, like, just it just kind of is, like, it's not Beavis and Butthead, it's Jay and Silent Bob doing the exact same thing. The one thing that the one thing that they're doing though, and Chris, you'll appreciate this, and then we're gonna kind of move on and get ready to wrap this thing up. But is um, there's gonna be your typical side-scrolling fighting, like Double Dragon, Final Fight style thing, where you're fighting enemies. But at some point during some of it, you'll get into battles where Jay's gonna make noises and or make comments, I should say, and then the enemy is gonna make a comment, and then if you can out Jay the con- the enemy, you'll win the battle. So there's gonna be like dialogue boxes where you're gonna have choices to make. Oh, that's fun. And then I that's think the, the the end fight, the end 
uh, action was going to be Silent Bob say something, and that like kills all the enemies or something like that. Well, no, that's that was your <laughs> idea. I don't know if they're actually doing it, but that was the the idea you had. Well, occasionally I come up with fucking great ideas that Kevin seems to keep ignoring. Well, we got to get <laughs> that. that in front or of you. God comes down and says something and just wipes everybody out. That's that a great idea. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. So, um, the last thing I wanted to get into, and and Chris, this is your call completely, a hundred percent. But you had talked about you're going to be rebooting one of your podcasts. Do you want to talk about that a little bit before we go? Oh yeah, man! Thanks for bringing it up. Um, sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm doing my own little reboot of a podcast called Dave. And uh, my buddy Octopus Caveman and I did it for about, I think we did 21 episodes about three years ago and uh, put it on hiatus. And we're just now finally getting back to it. And the, the premise is simple. We will find a Dave to talk about. We did episodes on David Tennant, Dave Chappelle, David Attenborough. Um, it's just a silly, basically we use whatever Dave as a, as a way, as a, springboard to talk about silly shit. There's a segment that we do for Dave news. Any interesting where there's Dave related to the news. We talk about it. We used to do a thing called a, a Dave off where he would find a Twitter Dave and I would find a, a Twitter Dave and we'd compete to see who had the better Twitter Dave. And then we would ask all of our followers to follow that <laughs> Twitter Dave. That's funny. I, it was just a silly, silly show. And uh, when we do get it, when we do get it up and going, you guys got to come on. And uh, what Dave would you pick? Dave Klein, hands down. I think we I think we did Dave did we do Dave Klein? We did Dave Klein. Oh, okay. But we could do him again. Dave Coulier. <laughs> we I did Coulier. Thank you, David Coulier. Um fuck, I need to go through my days. I'm gonna look up Wikipedia and find a good I, Dave. You know what, Chris, and you and I have talked about it a little bit. You know I'm a big music fan, so right off the top of my head, like Dave Mustaine would jump out. Okay, at we me. didn't do that one yet. Um We we did was, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl would be. I I wish I had been there for that because I I'll tell you very quickly. I was not a Foo Fighters fan for years. Was not a fan, right? And yeah. then I started to spend time getting to to know Dave Grohl as best as you can from as far as I am. But you know what I mean, like getting to kind of look past that he was the drummer getting in front, you know, when he was from Nirvana, and just look at who he was and his appreciation for music and all that kind of stuff, and. I am now yeah. one of the biggest Dave Grohl fans on the planet. I'm still not the biggest Foo Fighters fan, but I have a better appreciation for them than I used to. Mm. Oh, by the way, you can pick, like, to open it up to women. We're going with last name Davis. So that opens it up to, like, Gina Davis, Betty Davis. Um, oh, we, we can interview my fiance. <laughs> yeah. Her last name is Davis. We were going to do the statue David at some point. So, so my question is, have- does it have to be a Dave or can it be a David? Oh, yeah, Dave. Right? David is fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I got nothing yet. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll get back to you on all my Daves. Yeah, we uh, haven't uh, done Dave Batista yet. There you go. I think I thought we just did. Yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, so, but yeah. But it's no, just well, yeah. a good time. Just if, come on. We talk about silly shit. I, I don't want to speak for Rico, but you can count me in. I'll, I'll join you. I'll join. I just got to think of a fucking Dave. Um, well, they'll tell us what David is, and we'll just have to talk about it. So no, no, you guys pick the Dave. Oh, you we pick, pick the Dave. The Dave. That you want to do, and then we, and then that it's on us to do the research and find out about this Dave. And so oh, that's well, part of the fun. Dave Mustaine. Then I don't, I don't, I'm saying Dave Mustaine. Like we haven't but, done Dave Attell yet. Um, there you go. We did the character uh, David Kirk, Jim Kirk's son. Was it? Oh, that's right. His name was David. 
I forgot yes. about that. So we did like a holy whole, shit, like a Star Trek episode based on David Kirk's son. So it's like so, you know. Uh, so just to elaborate on the premise a little bit, so like if if we did pick like like just using the one you just talked about, David Kirk. So the whole thing isn't about that character. It's it eventually spawns into a whole bunch of other Star Trek talk that has nothing to do with that character. Am I correct? Or am I wrong? Exactly. Like we actually ended up talking about like the original Star Trek series. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. that still has a tie-in, though, being Jim's son. But, I mean, like, I guess, like, talking about Dave Mustaine, we could end up way off on Cliff Burton by the end of it and had nothing to do with totally. Dave anymore. You know, so. Totally. It's all about the tangent. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, we as Pot Askew, will certainly come on, but I think you may bring me back individually for the Dave Mustaine one because... Rico's looking at me like no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not looking. I'm just trying. I'm trailing after to think of Dave. I keep thinking of Dave Franco, and I'm like, I don't want to think about Dave Franco. <laughs> oh, let's do Dave Franco. <laughs> I don't even know you who said that it. is. Who's Dave Franco? That's James Franco's little brother, the one is, who looks like James Franco, but is, not. Is that the one who was in Now You See Me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Twenty One Jump Street. I didn't see that because fuck that movie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's Dave, and uh, we'll be bringing it back, hopefully, by uh, Labor Dave. <laughs> Labor Dave. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the target. That's the Nicely target return done, date. sir. My, my uh, pick is Jim Davis, creator of Ooh, Garfield. There you go. That oh, that would awesome be fun. One. Yeah, let's do that one. We'll do that one with Potaskew. I'm, I'm on board. God. Yeah, I was a huge Garfield fan when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Was, I was a big Garfield fan. I was more of a Calvin Hobbes fan, but I love the both. Yeah, yeah. Let's I, that that I think that that interview that right there is Potaskew's pick, and then for for me individually, Dave Mustaine. So if I can argue, I think I am like Garfield. I think that's if I was any comic book character, I'm definitely Garfield. You're orange. Love lasagna. Well, I love lasagna. I don't know if I'm orange. I'm definitely tan. I'm not orange like fucking orange 45, but uh, <laughs> I, I hate Mondays. I love coffee. I'll kill anybody who takes it away from me. Uh, you know what? The irony is I probably do qualify as Odie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look uh, what we've uncovered in this episode. Right. There you go. Um, hey, listen. A, you're kind of a gym, if I'm being honest, too. Okay. Fair enough. John, um, a John, that's a John Arbuckle. Name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey, listen, Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, Thank you for being a fan as well. Uh, Not not just a a guest, but a fan as well. So, Oh, I appreciate you guys having me on and keep it going, man. I've enjoyed every episode and um, keep, yeah, I'm I'm, like, as soon as we get done, I'm probably going to dig into that, uh, the four hour epic, Although, (laughs) although I'll probably listen to it at two speed. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, don't do that, because we're going to sound like fucking Smurfs or some shit, or chipmunks. Well, it's good to know that uh, we we give support from both the Korean community as well as the black community. Oh, all of Korea it. loves you. All of all of the black com- community loves you. <laughs> oh, dear God. All right, on that note, we're out of here. See you, everybody. Bye. CJ here with a few thank yous and to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. For Potaskew, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts on your iPhone, and Google Play Music on your Android phone to listen to, subscribe, rate, and comment on the show, or the Listen Notes podcast search engine at www.listennotes.com. Go there, type in Potaskew, all one word, and you can stream us right there. 
If you want to agree with or yell at us directly, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. If you need to contact the show for promotional reasons, tweet Stephanie at Podeskew PR. Check out Rico's YouTube channel, Rico's Rants, on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash Rico's Rants. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. They're no longer online, but you can contact me for a copy of the full song or the whole Plan 9 EP. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music, Theme Askew. You can find his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Ten. Come on, monkey. Fourteen. Come on. Come on, monkey. Sixteen. Monkey, come on. Twenty-one. a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 